Pennsylvania GOP says a word commonly used in our area is profane. In a Wednesday tweet, the party cited Lieutenant Governor candidate John Fetterman's rise, including selling T-shirts that had a profanity, what they call a profanity-laced attack on President Trump. The shirt reads, Trump is a jagoff. That might lose them votes. That even their base is gonna is gonna go. Hey, uh, guys, uh, Jagoff isn't. You want to hear a swear word? I got one for you. Here's the shirt I wore to the the Hillary shirt I wore to the last <laughs> GOP yeah. convention. These are some swear words. Listen, if Stone Cold Steve Pittsburgh wants to to use that on a shirt, I think he should be allowed. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's two minutes after six at DVE. Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. It's 57 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Overnight, President Donald Trump and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un signed an historic document. Through his interpreter, Kim vowed, quote, we are about to leave the past behind. The world will see a major change. I'd like to express my gratitude to Mr. Trump to make this happen, end quote. The men pledged to improve relations and work toward complete denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. A signed document said the United States and North Korea will join their efforts to build a lasting and stable peace regime on the Korean Peninsula. This entails removing weapons of mass destruction and allowing prosperity to flourish in North Korea. In addition, the U.S. seeks Kim's cooperation in recovering Korean war remains of MIAs and POWs. In a news conference, Trump vowed to end joint war games as well with South Korea. He said the joint military exercises are very expensive and provocative. He also called the Kim summit honest, direct, and productive. He described Kim as smart and talented and said he would like to invite him to the White House. A dog is recovering after being found shot and left for dead under a Washington County porch. Officials say they found the dog under the porch on Meadowcroft Road near Avella with a gunshot wound. Humane officials transported the dog to West Virginia for emergency surgery. Anyone with information on the shooter is asked to call the Washington County Humane Officer. If you're looking for an interesting and relaxing summer job, you might want to consider applying for Hot Tubologist. Uh, The position is being offered by Lazy Spa. They'll actually pay someone to be a hot tub tester. In exchange for testing the hot tubs and offering reviews on social media, Lazy Spa will pay about 650 bucks, along with your very own Lazy Spa. Beautiful. For the summer. Sign me up. Doesn't sound like uh, one of those jobs where you can be the primary provider in the household. No, probably not. No, Probably it's not. it's a little bit of a secret shopper kind of job <laughs> where, yeah, you're pulling in maybe $600 every other week. According to a new survey, two out of three employees think it is okay to date a co-worker and 22% of people have actually met their significant other at work. That's compared to 13% who met online, 18% who met through a friend, 10% who did it the old-fashioned way in a bar or a nightclub. Uh, relationships, relationship experts say there are two big reasons we're attracted to co-workers. First, well, we spend a lot of time with those people and we know almost everything about their personality. Also, because we're working at the same company, we just tend to have a lot in common. 
Ziggy Marley is partnering with Paramount Pictures on a biopic about his late dad, Bob Marley. According to industry sources, the film will focus on the singer's rise to fame from the streets of Jamaica to worldwide superstar status. So far, there's no information on who might portray the reggae icon or on a release date for the film. Marley's hits include One Love, Redemption Song, No Woman, No Cry, and Three Little Birds, and he has sold over 75 million albums worldwide. A new book of exclusive photos from Ringo Starr set to be released this fall. The former Beatles drummer announced the forthcoming book, Another Day in the Life, will feature a previously unpublished collection of his photographs, uh, captioned with his own thoughts and anecdotes, The new book follows the release of 2003's Postcards from the Boys and 2013's Photograph. Meanwhile, Ringo and his all-star band kicking off a North American tour on September 1st in Tulsa. And finally, Broadway fans not happy about Bruce Springsteen, uh, his performance at the Tony Awards on Sunday. The singer took the stage to sing a piece from his Springsteen on Broadway, the one-man musical that paid tribute to his hometown of Freehold, New Jersey, People on Twitter complained the six-minute set was too long, that it cut short time slots for acceptance speeches and other performances. Actor Neil Patrick Harris even chimed in to say he disapproved of Springsteen's use of a teleprompter and that he didn't think he even deserved a special Tony Award. Wow. A lot of animosity for the boss. Animosity. (laughs) (laughs) I think people are pissed because he went, uh, you know, rented out a Broadway stage and had a concert. And, Pretty much. And then now he gets Tony Awards, and they're like, yeah, but that's not what we do. Like, hey, man, I changed the game. <laughs> I'm what, a what, if, what if he, I would love to see him sing uh, one of the raps from Hamilton. What if he did that? Could that be a nice little compromise? I like that. My name is Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> they might be okay with that. Uh, clouds and sun, very slight chance of rain today. Upper 70s for the high. It's 57 at DVE. It is the DVE Morning Show, and we have Billy Gardell later on this morning. Also, we're going to have uh, Dr. Lisa Pan. She's the Associate Professor of Psychiatry, Human Genetics, and Clinical Translation Science at Pitt. And uh, wow. she was featured in an article yesterday in the Post-Gazette talking about the uh, uptick in suicide rate. Uh, across the country and uh, maybe just uh, be able to shed some light on what's happening recently and what you might look for and how you might be able to help those in need. Seemed appropriate that uh, we talked to somebody during these trying times about this stuff. Uh, So Dr. Lisa Pan coming up at age 15. People need to get out and see comedy, man. The world is going crazy right now. Yeah, now's a good time to laugh. We might not have much time left, and I don't want to be a a doomsday guy, but... uh, right. Like, North Korea's got their guided missile aimed at us. Mm-hmm. Should we be scared? I, I, You know, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it all. I mean, should we be scared of a, a terrorist world leader who looks like a Cabbage Patch kid? <laughs> <laughs> should we? A grown-up Asian Cabbage Patch kid? I mean, if you run over a Cabbage Patch kid with a lawnmower, does it become a coleslaw kid? <laughs> Is that, can you do that? I don't know. I just, I'd like to do yeah. that. It sounds delicious. Send yeah. the lawnmowers yeah. over. And no. I, I got to say that the, the, the concept of like a guided missile, uh-huh. you know, by North Korea, and and this isn't my thing, but you know, there's there's a stereotype out there that you know Asians aren't the best drivers in the world, right? You, you've all heard that. Sure, it's, they've yeah. got kind of a reputation for that. Sure. And you got to think, well, guided missile. 
can they really get that thing? It's like, you know, it takes off. I was like, oh, there it goes. Wait a minute. What's that blinking light? Oh, you left the left-hand turn signal on. Oh, it's coming back. It's coming back. Oh, kaboom. Right? DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit has got your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike, what's the word? Sports is now brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. Uh, anybody else start watching the Pirates game last night and then go to bed, I don't know, maybe after six innings when it was 11.30 and the Pirates were leading 5 to nothing. I tried to get to bed a little earlier than that. I was going to go to bed earlier than that, and I was so fascinated with the, the job that Joe Musgrove was doing. Yet again. I kept giving it another inning. Should have stuck around for one more because it changed in the seventh. No. Pirates leading 5 nothing through 6. And then Josh Harrison gets hit in the shoulder in the top of the 7th, and Austin Meadows gets knocked down. So Musgrove responds by hitting the Diamondbacks' leadoff hitter in the bottom of the 7th, Chris Owings. Arizona goes on to score 5 in the 7th and 4 in the 8th and beat the Pirates 9-5. to five. <laughs> Oh, my God. The question uh, of the night afterward was, did... Uh, the apparent intentional plunking of Owings sparked the rally for Arizona. Uh, Clint Hurdle telling MLB.com, quote, that wasn't the turning point of the game in my eyes. You can't control what other people are going to think. Now, one of those people that uh, thought what Hurdle couldn't control was Diamondbacks manager Tori Lavallo, who told MLB.com, quote, if it was retaliation, it certainly cost their pitcher a couple of runs and might have cost them a win. We were laying flat, dormant, being dominated by him. I felt like it gave our dugout a lot of energy. Pirates came unglued after that. Uh, Musgrove couldn't get anybody out in the seventh. And then Edgar Santana, Kyle Crick, and Doividas Nevaraskas took turns giving up runs in relief. Musgrove ends up going six-plus, five hits, three runs, two of them earned, no walks, and six strikeouts. He had thrown six shutout innings before the nonsense starting the seventh. A lot of people don't know this, but Neveroskis is actually a spell to to blow a lead. It's Lithuanian for <laughs> pour gasoline on the fire. Um, Pirates Neveroskis. Musgrove told uh, MLB.com, quote, it's nothing more than just protecting your teammates. It's baseball. That's how the game is played. You're willing to go out and hit somebody. You've got to be willing to deal with what might come with that, putting the leadoff runner on base, especially late in a game like that. So what we're learning about the Pirates hmm. is when they don't hit anybody, <laughs> as they did in the Cubs series, they're idiots. And when they do hit someone, as they did last night with a five-run lead, they're idiots. I think it should be pretty safe to hit somebody with a five-run lead. Yeah. I I understand the mentality behind it. I understand the tradition of it. What's the point at that point? You're winning 5 nothing. Your guy is dominating. Why do you want to mess around like that? I think it's a team thing. You know? If you, you want the players to know you got their back no matter yeah. what. That, yeah. That's... If you don't do it there... And you didn't do it in the Cubs game. You become a mark going forward. Yeah. That becomes your identity. That's something you have to get away from. They, hey, feel free to feel free to plunk us. Five we, five runs should be enough to uh, work around putting the leadoff guy on. But this yeah. is what can happen. And they were. I I didn't see what happened after because I went to bed after six. They were being dominated, as uh, Lavallo observed. 
and then they weren't. That's uh, the way it's going for the Pirates right now. Uh, 32 and 34. They're seven and a half games out in the NL Central. Uh, now trilling the Cubs, who beat the Brewers last night. Uh, Milwaukee now a half game behind Chicago. Arizona improves to 36 and 29. Game two in Arizona tonight. Trevor Williams against Clay Buckholz. That's how I was raised to play the game. You protect your teammates, especially when a guy gets hit up high like that. Yeah. I mean, Harrison got hit in the shoulder and had to leave the game. So. Given that last game they had an opportunity to get back at Rizzo and didn't. And that's when they were down, I think, 5 nothing. He had to hit him. Yeah. Probably did. And he's, his teammates probably think more of him. Mm-hmm. And uh, the record's a little worse today than it was yesterday. Well, like you said, the wild <laughs> pitch to the guy after, that's the one that really that did him. That is an error. Really yeah, did it, it, just, yeah. It, it, it came unglued. Uh, more good news. Young Ho Gung went 0 for 4 in Indianapolis last night, his first uh, – Triple-A appearance as he tries to work his way back. He struck out three times. Put him back in the lineup. <laughs> Let's get that bat going. Can he pitch relief? <laughs> Are there any relievers out there that have had three DUIs and can't get back in the country? Power Navaroskis. Interesting stuff in the Post-Gazette this morning. Uh, Jason Mackey talking to Penn's general manager, Jim Rutherford. Uh, Rutherford making the media rounds this offseason. He's spoken with uh, DK on Pittsburgh Sports. He's spoken with The Athletic, uh, now with uh, Jason Mackey in the Post-Gazette. And the subject continues to be Phil Kessel. Don't know why. All the uh, potential uh, trade stuff uh, swirling around Kessel. And Rutherford is consistent uh, in his response as he continues to say it's not that big a deal, and uh, the the relationship with Kessel and Mike Sullivan is not broken beyond repair, and this is just kind of the way things go. But uh, he has not yet come out and said, which he will not be able to do, that he's absolutely positively not going to trade Phil Kessel because you'd you'd be foolish to eliminate that possibility, right? If somebody makes you an offer that blows you away, you'd be silly not to at least consider it. Uh, the the rub with Kessel and Sullivan. Uh, is where Kessel plays, is he going to be a third-line guy for balance, or is he going to play with Evgeny Malkin, as Kessel would prefer? Um, Rutherford uh, telling Jason Mackey, uh, quote, I can say throughout the three years that there could have been a difference of opinion at times as to the thought process of what line Phil was going to play on. I certainly wouldn't turn it into a rift. I think it will be resolved. Will they get together for a special meeting? I'm not sure that's necessary at this point if it is. They'll figure that out themselves. Knowing Phil the way I know him, knowing Sully the way I know him and their passion for winning, when they come back to camp, it'll be business as usual. I have heard rumblings Phil is really unhappy and really yeah. wants to go somewhere else. Well, and his track record is that he has a relatively short shelf life. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that, though, after what he went through in Toronto with the media and losing, to come here, win a bunch of championships, and now he's miserable. He just he just had his career high last year. What 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 is he miserable about? Ninety two points in a regular season, coming off of two Stanley Cups. I mean, obviously it was a disappointing postseason for him. Yes, profoundly but so. Good lord, you're a, that knocks you off your horse completely. This is the first time I have not felt great about Phil the throw. I don't like this. Sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire. Sometimes not. 
There's a lot of smoke around this one, though. A lot of smoke. I, you know, just can, it, it, that that story seemed to come out of no. Like, what what was the purpose of dredging this back up right now? Why is it being talked about? It seems like they're sort of setting the groundwork for the next thing. It me. is the number one topic of the Penguins offseason. Yes, without question. I, I don't even know what's number two at this point. Maybe more help for the defense. Mm-hmm. You know, the the defense beyond the top six. But, uh, yeah, stay tuned on that one. Uh, hmm. Last but not least, the Steelers uh, begin minicamp today on the south side. It's uh, minicamp season throughout the NFL. Uh, interesting article by Dan Graziano on ESPN.com. He came up with you know five questions because that's the way you have to do stuff. It's got to be five things or mm-hmm. five thoughts or five. But uh, this is actually uh, interesting. It's uh, thought-provoking. Five questions facing teams uh, as minicamps commence around the league. Number one, who's not showing up? Number two, how healthy is your quarterback? Number three, uh, what about the rookies? Number four, how quickly are they picking up the new stuff? And uh, number five, uh, who enters the summer roster on the bubble? Some of that applies to the Steelers. Who's not showing up? Probably Le'Veon Bell. How healthy is the quarterback? Ben Vary. What about the rookies? Terrell Edmonds and James Washington better be productive. How quickly are they picking up the new stuff? That's uh, much more uh, relating to the defense than the offense. And who's on the bubble? I think we've already seen the uh, veteran roster purge of of note. Mike Mitch, William Gay. Gonzo. The rest of them are on the south side today. Getting after it. Phil Kessel might show up. You'd be very unhappy if he did. Watch a little practice. I doubt it. He's going to have to go somewhere where there's a casino. I was just going to say. Yeah, yes, he is. Unless they put a blackjack table in the south side facility of the Steelers. <laughs> Phil's not going to be showing up. <laughs> Got one by the stadium. Yeah, he likes that one. Post <laughs> up at Rivers. <laughs> Val's got news top of the hour. What do you got? Well, apparently, if you want to make more money, all you have to do is go to the gym. We'll uh, talk about that. Clouds and sun. (laughs) A very slight chance of rain. Upper 70s for the high today. It is 57 at DVE. It's the DVE morning show. And coming up after, pardon me, 9 o'clock today, Billy Gardell will be joining us. Last week, it was great when he was here because we had Sean Casey on the show at the same time. And they were commiserating about fatherhood. Billy, when you were talking about the Miata, I got a great story. I think back back to my childhood. My dad, we used to have the two cars, the Horizon. Remember the Horizon? It was like this sure. little, little yellow car. I was like, this car's the greatest. You know, meanwhile, I was, I was living in Upper St. Clair. It looked like I was in Compton. I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> what's going on here? You know, everyone's got the Mercedes. The we got the Horizon, you know? But we also had this huge uh, Mercury Lincoln, like big blue Mercury Lincoln, like like literally like it was a tank, right? So my, my sister's late for... Uh, my sister's late for soccer practice one day, and my dad's a maniac driver. He just is, you know. So the horizon's in the driveway. My my the, the Mercury Lincoln's in the, is in the uh, garage. So the garage opens. My dad's like, boom! It's the horizon. The horizon launches across the street. Straight up, boom! Flying across the street. Right, it goes into our neighbor's yard. Our four, all four tires are exploded. The, the, the hood of the car, the hood of the car's up. It's steaming. My dad's like, oh god! Goes inside. He's like, Jim, we got a minor problem out here. My mom was like, Jesus Christ, minor, minor problem. The car's total 
like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Next thing you know, my dad's like, all right, we got to go to practice. Pulls off. My mom, poor mom. We got to go to practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah, follow that. Right. Get that car out of the Late tree. I swear to God, I knew he was going to do that before you said it. Leave it. We'll get it when we get back. <laughs> See, he did. Leave it. So my mom's sitting there in a the driveway. You know, the, the family comes out. What the heck? Cars totaled. So the rest of my my parents didn't have enough money to get it totally fixed. So they got it kind of fixed. Yeah. So like my mom, my mom, my mom would drive me around, like you know, drop you off in like Upper St. Clair, like the like, cool girls, like uh, sixth grade party. And I'd be like, Mom, drop me off at the library. I'll walk. She's like, I'll tell you what, this car gets us made to see you don't like it. You can just walk. You can walk from home. So what a tale! Of, what a tale of two, you know, two two stories. I was so I felt so weird that we had the worst car in St. Clair growing up. Well, the other day I treated myself like a couple months ago. I bought a Tesla and the, the Model X car. The, the it comes out the Falcon oh, wings. Dude, come up. yeah. So my kids are so embarrassed, right? So I go to pick up my daughter the other day. <laughs> They're it, it, embarrassed by oh, the yeah. Tesla. Oh yeah, so embarrassed. About the wings Why, coming wait, up. Wait, wait, wait. Why are they embarrassed about the Tesla? It's too nice. The Falcon wings come up and it looks like it's like uh, you know uh, yeah, Michael J. Fox, like yeah. Back to the Future. So my daughter, I go to pick her up. It's like Damn. the opposite of the horizon. Now we got the best car, and she's like, pick me up, pick me up. Right, she's like, pick me up down there, Dad. I'm like, why? She, so I'm like, get in the car. So I, here come the Falcon wings come up. So she, in front of her friends, you got the Falcon wing doors opening yeah. up. She gets in the car. It's like the opposite of the horizon, the piece of crap car. Yeah. Right? She gets in, starts bawling. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, listen, back in sixth grade, I had the worst car in town. Okay? <laughs> this car gets us from A to Z in luxury. I don't want to hear justice. Exactly. Uh, Come on, Billy. You gotta be kidding me. No justice at all. It just uh, it just reiterates the point that it's at, 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 during certain phases they just don't want to be spotted with us. Exactly. They're so it doesn't matter what's going on. You could come in on a hovercraft. So God. God. <laughs> Why do you My have to bring dad. the hovercraft? <laughs> Just get in. As a kid, nothing hovered. <laughs> we had to use wheels. You know what a wheel is? <laughs> now listen, this is a song by Crowded House. <laughs> That's a walk-off. This thing will hover you from point A to point Z. Listen, listen, plutonium don't grow on trees, so stop acting all snobby. Think this is easy? No, I'm not going to hover a block away. I told you for the last time I ain't dropping you off on the roof. No. No. I'm going to take you back in time, smack you around, give me some manners.
That's the DVE Morning Show. Man in the box. Val's up next with your news. What do you got there, Valerie? Well, uh, apparently, if you want to make more money, you just have to go to the gym. And we'll also talk about a couple busted having sex in a parking lot. They thought they were only not allowed to do that at the other place. They got busted having sex in the parking lot. You need to be more specific. <laughs> we got two more shows for the DVE Comedy Festival. Uh, the Doug Benson, Doug Loves Movies podcast is filling up quick. It's getting near the sellout, so jump on those tickets if you can now. A 420 start to that June 30th show, Saturday afternoon 420 eh, the starting time is uh, uh, a favorite of Doug's for a reason and then after that Burt Kreischer is going to do his Burt cast he's podcasting live from the Rex Theater a 9 o'clock show at the Rex Theater and uh, that'll be uh, an absolute blast considering all the comics are going to be in town this weekend or that particular weekend so make sure you're part of the DV Comedy Fest if you didn't get in on the Friday night shows here's your chance to get in on the shows we got for you Saturday tickets available at dve.com it's 57 degrees at DVE the news is brought to us by BobbyRayHall.com I'm Val Porter there is a new man heading the embattled Aliquippa Police Department city officials turning to Captain Robert Sealock to lead the department after Chief Don Couch was put on paid administrative leave for personnel issues and acting Chief Joseph Percy Avail was arrested for sending a 17-year-old girl a sexually explicit video. It is reported Percy Avell was allegedly texting the teenager who was one of the last people to see Rachel Del Tondo alive before she was killed in her parents' driveway. Teenager is also reportedly the daughter of an Aliquippa sergeant. And a Chippewa Township police officer resigning after being accused of harassing female co-workers. Officials say Officer Jonathan Lutton resigned after being accused of making unwanted sexual comments and gestures to a female officer over the past year. Charges have not yet been filed. Lutton has reportedly said he will fight the allegations. Well, these are the final days of Toys R Us, and the chain is marking down prices even further. The company said on Facebook yesterday discounts now range from 50 to 70 percent with what it calls limited exceptions. The highest demand items like Nintendo and PlayStations have been gone for weeks, but lots of Legos, which are big right now. Huge. Uh, board games, Barbies, Star Wars toys, Nerf guns, and other merchandise available at really, really low prices. If you get there quick, retail analysts say prices on most items at Toys R Us are lower than competitors and uh, even as low as Black Friday doorbuster deals. Mm -hmm. So now probably a good time to stock up on toys for birthdays and Christmas and whatever else we give gifts for. I went went into a Toys R Us the other day and it looked like a bomb went off in there. (laughs) The, The shelves are so picked through at this point. That's and there are depressing. incredible deals. Yeah. yeah, you can't go in there with something specific. specific in mind, but yeah. And it is. It's really sad. Because it's not only the end of that particular store, it's the end of that chain. Yeah. yeah. Possibly like the only toy store I know of that we still go to that seems to be still thriving is like Learning Express. Mm-hmm. Other than that, what other toy stores are there? There are like know. those pop-up toy stores in the mall that are like those Halloween Kiosks. stores. Yeah. You know that that just have like a blank they I don't even think they have a name. I don't the KB store was the store at, at our mall. Oh yeah. I don't know if, we had a KB if that still exists or not. The brand does and that guy I think was trying to buy the 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 name of Toys R mm-hmm. Us and bring that back. 
According to a new study, regular exercise benefits men more than it benefits women. Researchers found just going for a brisk walk goes a long way toward improving blood pressure and improving the health of your blood vessels, which leads to a decrease in the risk of heart disease. And in a related story, a new study found people who exercise regularly are not only happier, but they make more money than their couch potato counterparts. And it's not just a little more money, according to the survey by fitness app Freeletics. Those who say they exercise regularly reported making about $75,000 on average, while respondents who admitted they never exercise made about fifty grand. If you need more convincing to get moving, the survey also found people who exercise regularly also have more sex. Well, look, you know, yesterday mm-hmm. I was, uh, when I was at the gym, I left my phone in the car because I didn't want to have it when I was like doing the first part of my workout. Mm-hmm. And then I figured when I do cardio, I'll, I'll throw on a podcast or something. Sure. So I go back out to my car to grab my phone and as I'm all sweaty and gross. And I come in back in, uh, a woman and her friend are leaving a Mexican restaurant and uh, she's smoking a cigarette Ooh. and she's walking out and she walks right by me and just blows a huge plume of smoke in my face inadvertently she wasn't like like hey geek (laughs) (laughs) but but she did it and blew like a big plume of smoke and i walked in and i was thinking like you know i had a moment of that like yeah you know smoking away eating late afternoon lunch filling up on that stuff like I'm miserable right now, but you know this is healthy. Like doing that, like you know, pumping yourself. Like yeah, I'm doing the right. I'm thing. doing the right thing at least because I didn't want to be there. And uh, then I thought about it a little bit more, and I'm like, she's so much happier than I am right now. <laughs> at this moment, <laughs> she is so much happier than I am. Oh yeah, she might not be in five years. Just crushed a burrito, having a smoke afterwards, talking with one of her friends, just feeling good. Yeah, uh, and I'm like things. thinking to myself, wow, well, hey, who knows? We might not be around all that long. She might be. Playing the odds, like eh, living it I'm, up. I'm going out like this. Probably you, has an ice cold root beer in the car. Absolutely. She <laughs> goes home to her her pillow top bed, climbs yeah. in. No, uh, no, like oh, no I didn't worries. get a workout in today. Perfectly content. Stress-free. She gets done with her day, stress free, and goes, "That was a great day. Had a late lunch and an early dinner." Well, you know what you got to know about her. She's definitely making under seventy five k. well who knows i see i think it's i think it's you know they're putting the cart before the horse in that story like i think the people that make more money work out more yeah well they well they want to it's expensive sometimes to get a trainer or to go to go to the gym and sometimes people that you know are maybe not in a great job situation don't have the extra money to join a gym even though it's super cheap now yeah, some are like ten bucks a month. And really, you can just run or walk, and you don't have to pay a dime. A brisk walk helps you as well. A Pierce County, California sheriff's deputy on patrol Sunday morning thought it was odd to see a car in the lot of a closed big box store, so he approached the vehicle, saw a couple, both in their thirties, naked and not afraid at all. Uh, He broke them up and decided to search the car where he found heroin, meth, tranquilizers, a pipe, and hypodermic needles, as well as an outstanding warrant for the guy. The pair had some extra charges levied against them as well because of a previous bust for doing the same thing at a different location, which resulted in them being banned from Walmart properties until (laughs) further notice. You gotta be uh, contributing some, some serious, salacious activity. 
to be banned from a Walmart, then the, Walmart parking in lot. In their defense, they thought it was just that particular Walmart <laughs> that they had been banned from for having sex in the parking lot. Well, aren't you allowed to like park your bus in a Walmart parking lot? Or, yes. Like you can, your, yeah, your trailer or camp or whatever. Walmart allows you to just live there, which is a it's wonderful. It's a great policy for people. I know there were some country music acts who used to always joke about that, that they always just stayed at Walmarts Mm -hmm. on the road. They'd find a Walmart and plug in. It's free advertising for Walmart. Pretty much. In music news, Def Leppard guitarist Phil Collin is assuring fans the band plans to write and record a new album. In a recent interview, he was coy about when the follow-up to the band's 2015 self-titled set might arrive, saying, it'll be done when it's ready. He did reveal the band has already started recording material, though, for the next studio set, and whether those songs will come out in drips and drabs or as a traditional album is yet to be determined. Former Whitesnake guitarist Adrian Vandenberg is hoping to reunite with David Coverdale to collaborate on a blues album. In a recent interview, Vandenberg said he's discussed pretty specific ideas with Coverdale about reuniting to record either a blues album or an acoustic thing, Vandenberg joined Whitesnake in 1985 and remained a member until the band split up in 1997. Finally, U2 paying tribute to Anthony Bourdain. The band played at the Apollo Theater in New York City last night. They dedicated their song, Stuck in a Moment You Can't Get Out of, to the late TV personality and chef. They called him a great storyteller who had stories he couldn't tell us. 61-year-old Bourdain committed suicide in France over the weekend. Clouds and sun, chance of rain, upper 70s for the high today. It is 58 at DVE. Well, it was uh, nothing short of crazy what happened last night uh, during the North Korean summit when CNN put Dennis Rodman on the air. (laughs) Dennis Rodman, uh, who helped broker the deal, apparently, wearing a MAGA hat and also uh, pimping a pot correlated Bitcoin company that he is now endorsing the entire time. Potcoin. Potcoin. Uh, he, he made sure to mention that over and over and over, uh, <laughs> that they were sponsoring his trip to Singapore. And um, this was uh, an expensive the trip. guy brokering one of the most delicate uh, discussions in, uh, in our country's history. I mean, the ramifications, should this go sour, pretty, uh, pretty severe. So Dennis Rodman, you need you need... Diplomats like this to take care of those delicate situations. When I went back home, I got so many death threats. I got so many death threats. I was sitting there protecting everything. And I believed in North Korea. And when I went home, I couldn't even go home. I couldn't even go home. I had to hide out for 30 days. I couldn't even go home. But I kept my head up high. Okay. Yeah, he was... God, somebody give him a hug. Oh, yeah. The he... worm needs it. Are you high right now, Dennis? He, was... he has so many lip rings and nose rings and earrings. He has to fly private. You cannot get through security with that much meddling. <laughs> no. Yeah, or just opt to be wanded. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a crazy night, to say the least. Listen, here's what is crazy, though. He is unlike anyone in the world in that. He is the only human being on earth that is alive that knows both of those men intricately. Uh, intimately, for sure. Yeah. He's also crazy. I don't know person. if he slept with either of them, <laughs> <laughs> but he knows them. Uh, he, uh, he definitely is a crazy person. They are, they have crazy, uh, idiosyncratic tendencies, uh, tendencies as well. 
Yeah, so uh, I thought he should have sure. wore the the, uh, wedding, the wedding dress. dress. Yeah, might have. He really missed nice an opportunity. I, I I want to know what pot coin is. Is it it's literally not like a, a cryptocurrency not, uh, that yes. only deals that's with... geared towards marijuana? So is you that can, because you can't put the money in banks or? I guess that... it's like an easier, more secure way to purchase marijuana <laughs> over the internet. I I don't know. Potcoin is being mentioned all around the country right now, and I tried to go to their website, and it didn't make a whole bunch of sense. According to Wikipedia, it is a peer-to-peer cryptocurrency uh, which exists with the aim of becoming the standard form of payment for the legalized cannabis industry. There is a lot of other cryptocurrencies for marijuana. Like there's... Cannabis coin, there's... there's Really? Yeah, there's a couple other ones. They're not even the only one <laughs> of that. None of them are getting the publicity that this guy, dope that coin. coin, is getting Nobody's now. talking about dope coin. No, there is no dope, dope coin discussions. <laughs> I think if the, whole, if the whole strategy was to try to get Kim Jong-un to de-nuke, they really missed an opportunity. I think if if... As soon as Trump and Kim Jong-un walk into the same room, the lights go dark, and that music plays from the Bulls. Oh, the... From the Bulls intro. The... Picture your Kim Jong-un. Yeah. And then you just hear the announcer. And now, <laughs> your Chicago Bulls <laughs> at forward from Central Arkansas, Scotty Pippen. <laughs> at forward from Southeast Oklahoma State, Dennis Rodman. <laughs> and at center from New Mexico, Luke. Longley <laughs> at guard from Arizona, Steve Kerr, <laughs> and your captain at guard. Get on your feet, Chicago, from North Carolina, Michael Jordan. And then they all come out in their uniforms. Definitely. The whole Korean Peninsula is different. Yeah, Just different vibe. Putty in his hands at that point. Well, Come on. Not they a bad. missed an opportunity. Big time. You get Ron Harper in there. <laughs> you get Horace Grant in I was there. I going to say, you got to get Horace Grant in there. Tony somewhere. Kukoc. Oh, he's Come our, on. I think he's. Uh, I think he's on the other side of things. I think Putin has him doing something. <laughs> he's stuck in Ukraine or something like that. Get a couple all-stars Where's he from? in there. Where's the Kukoc? postman? Was Kukoc? I think he's from Germany. Is he? I don't, I, know, I don't know why. Did I think he was like Ukrainian or Georgian or something He was like at that. one of those uh, Mario Golf outings. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize that I was obsessed with Tony Kukoc until I saw him in person. I was like, oh, my God, you're so tall. What was it like playing in the man? In National Basketball League. Did you ask him that? No. Okay, good. I'm going to say, that might explain <laughs> no, why we not. haven't been invited back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the DVE Morning Show, Super Tramp. Uh, I'm waiting for Weezer to do a Super Tramp song and bring that back into uh, everybody's playlist. You see, they did that Toto's mm -hmm. Africa. Wait, did they do Rosanna, too? I think they may have. I, I don't know. I've only heard Africa because someone tweeted at him. Maybe yeah. Popcorn will uh, sponsor it. <laughs> Why couldn't they do 
Cool Toto. What's Cool Toto? Like, Hold the Line. All right, that's the third Toto song. Old School Toto. What's the other one? I don't know. I forget what's on that first album. Hold the Line's the only one I can come up with. I mean, everybody, all musicians worship Toto. Which is funny to people who aren't musicians, I'm sure. But like, yes, it's hilarious. Lukather and Picaro. I mean, there's some amazing musicians involved in Toto. They were all like the badass session guys in L.A. But go ahead, you got. They had they had a really awful ballad in the the mid to late '80s that we played the crap out of when I worked in Franklin. Come on, what, what? is it? I gotta hear it. Some people live there. Oh yeah, oh. dude. This is '80s movie. Oh yeah, for sure. What what's the name of this one? Uh I'll be over you. Yeah. And then here's the other bad one. See a soft focus video in slow no, motion. Fair. What's the name of this one? <laughs> I won't hold you back. Yeah, well, I'm going to hold that back cuz Oh, here's a good one. Oh, it's not. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, no, this is a good one. But I want to go back Porgy. The Super Tramp Love. Oh, that's a good song. The Love of Super Tramp. What soundtrack was Super Tramp in that it came back? Like recently? Yeah. Mm, I don't remember. It wasn't in maybe it was Ladybird. I don't know. It was in one of those movies and it kind of spurred this like Super Tramp revival. And, and now it's on every time I go into a bar, it's on a jukebox. And It wasn't Guardians of the Galaxy, was it? Because they have like. It probably a, was, actually. They do like a classic rock. I was down at the uh, Modern on the North Side one night, and uh, this, this guy who's he's really young, he's like 24 or something, and he was just on tour working with some band. And he's like, dude, I have to play the song for you. The guy, <laughs> a guy turned it on, turned me on to it while we were on tour. And I was like, all right. And he puts it on the jukebox. He's like, check this out. And it was a logical song. Oh, and I'm God. like, Super Tramp? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so old. I think I've heard of them. <laughs> and I was just astonished that he hadn't. Yeah. I'm like, this is a new song Hold to on, you. Hold on. You got to hear this. Puts on Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you hear this. Dude, they're called ACDC. <laughs> Mike has oh, your sports my. when we come back. And the Buckos blew it last night. DVE. Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike, what's the, uh, what's, uh, what's, uh, what's the word there? Uh, did a hit-by-pitch really turn the Pirates game around last night? Uh, this much we know. It was 5 nothing Pirates through six innings in Arizona. It was 5-5 through seven innings, and it was 9-5 Diamondbacks after eight, and that's the way it ended. A dominating performance by Joe Musgrove came unglued. In a hurry, and uh, it started at least with uh, Musgrove hitting Chris Owings to lead off the bottom of the seventh. That in apparent retaliation to Josh Harrison being hit in the top of the inning and Austin Meadows being knocked down by a pitch near his head. Arizona went on to uh, turn the game on its ear, and uh, the question in the immediate aftermath was uh, the hit-by-pitch leading off the bottom of the seventh, the turning point of the game. Arizona manager Tori Lavallo told the Associated Press, it gave our dugout a lot of energy. It rejuvenated us. I'm not really a big fan of taking a baseball and throwing it at somebody as hard as you can. I know there's some old-school baseball thoughts and some old-school baseball traditions that are still followed. I believe there are other ways you can go out and operate and make things hurt when something like that happens. I think we certainly did what we needed to do to retaliate in the cleanest purest way possible. Uh, on the other side, 
Clint Hurdle not buying any of that. Quote, you play the game and you protect your teammates. It's been going on for 135 years. Musgrove's got to hit him there. You can't allow that stuff to continue, particularly the way he got hit after the Cubs game without retaliation. Sure, it could come somewhere down the pike for Rizzo. But uh, Musgrove is already establishing himself as their, the guy in that rotation right now. And uh, one more reason for his teammates to rally around him is if he's going to protect them. Yeah, he was uh, almost unhittable through six, uh, throwing almost nothing but strikes. And then the game turned, and the bullpen let the Pirates down again, and they have now lost 17 of their last 23. Edgar Santana, Kyle Crick, and Doivitas Navaraskas each charged with two earned runs. Yeah, that, that that's the bigger story to me. Yeah. That's the story of the season so far. 32 and 34 now, uh, based uh, uh, excuse me, in the wake of last night's loss. Uh, Arizona improves to 36 and 29. Pirates and Diamondbacks will go at it again. They've also got a history. Goldschmidt, McCutcheon, things have happened when the Pirates have played the Diamondbacks, even though the cast of characters has changed. I was I shut that thing off after six innings last night. Uh, Thought you were safe. The last thing in the world I expected to see when I woke up this morning was that the Diamondbacks had rallied for nine unanswered runs. It happens. You can't make this stuff up. Game two of the series tonight, Trevor Williams against Clay Buckholz. Uh, more good news for the Bucks. Young Ho Gung went 0 for 4 and struck out three times in his Indianapolis debut last night. Oh, good. Indianapolis loses to Toledo 4 to nothing. Holy Toledo. Steelers are starting a mandatory veteran minicamp today on the south side. Nobody expects to see Le'Veon Bell, who is not under contract. The scenario that played out last year is seemingly playing out again this year. Bell uh, will wait until just before the start of the regular season to sign his franchise deal and uh, show up when the games count. It is not a problem exclusive to the Steelers, that of a high-profile guy not being around for minicamp, uh, the Atlanta Falcons announced yesterday that wide receiver Julio Jones will skip the Falcons' mandatory minicamp today through Thursday. Uh, he apparently is not happy with his contract. He is scheduled to make $10.5 million this season, twelve point five next season, and $11.4 million in 2020. Uh, that's part of a five-year, $71.2 million deal that Jones signed in August of 2015. And uh, NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport is reporting that Raiders defensive end slash linebacker Khalil Mack will not show up for the Raiders minicamp because he doesn't like his contract. He's scheduled to make $13.846 million this year, the fifth year of his rookie deal. The U.S. Open uh, will be playing out this week at Shinnecock Hills in Southampton, New York, and uh, one of the guys who qualified is Garrett Rank. If you recognize that name, it's because he's an NHL referee. He's been a referee in the NHL for the last three years. He worked the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs this year. Then his services were no longer required, so he (laughs) qualified in Georgia. He's going to be playing in the U.S. Open. Pretty cool story. Cool. Got to be better at golf than he was at the other thing, right? He's also a testicular cancer survivor. Oh, well, now don't I feel like a big ass.
And last but not least, uh, <laughs> also, he's a very brave, heroic <laughs> warrior against cancer. The Capitals are holding their Stanley Cup championship parade in Washington, D.C. today. It's going to run from 17th to 7th streets on Constitution Avenue, and then we'll end with a rally at the National Mall. They're saying it's going to be the biggest ever. Huge attendance. Huge. Largest of all time. Uh, four F-16 Fighting Falcons from the D.C. Air National Guard will perform a flyover. This is a disgrace. Russians just marching down the street openly. A lot of guys wearing red. Victory. <laughs> F-16s, a flyover. They've been waiting a long time. They have. And it's uh, it's it's a weird emotion to have to not totally hate the joy that you see Ovi with. Yeah. They're starting to overdo it. The fighter jets might be overdoing it. You think? Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> I do, yeah. <laughs> you think militarizing the hockey parade is a bit the overdone? Fly- you know what, though? The flyovers are really cool. Super cool, I mean, man. those God, things they are. are. Super cool. Who doesn't like a good air show, right? No, they're awesome. There's no doubt about it. I mean, Ovi's kind of been, uh, you know, as much as I will always consider him to be a, a villain, he's kind of been hilarious in this celebration. He's just been plastered in public nonstop. <laughs> yeah. nonstop. I mean, you know, because Sid is so guarded, you know, to see, you know, you, I'm sure it's so fun for the Capitals fan base to see their superstar just not caring at all and being blotto in public Swinging all the time. fountains. And- yeah. He was at the national games, at the national game, and he was drinking from the cup during play. Like they they weren't showing him, you know. Usually when they show up to the there's some kind of activity. He was just being debaucherous, and people were catching it. Debaucherous. As the pitcher was pitching, he was not paying attention at all and just chugging. Face fully submerged, keg stands out of the cup. Well, now we got to get that cup back. Yeah, because they're having too much fun with it. Yeah, and we got to get it back. We got to get some damn F-16s. Don't we have an Air Force wing? Well, we get that moon base out yeah. there. They can fly one of those huge cargo planes around or we something. We could have the just ducky boats, you know. Yeah, dude. Do a couple burnouts in the parking lot. We never had fighter jets in our parades, did we? No, we do have just ducky boats, though. They they do ride in the parade. Hey, yeah. do some burnouts in the parking lot. They're not the only ones that can have fun. Then somebody's gonna, we always got burnouts in the parking lot. Somebody's <laughs> going to have to go back and calculate how long it took Ole Mata to pass out versus Ovi. Ovi's on some, you know, he's got one of those, like, whatever they give the Russian swim team or something like that to stay awake for oh, yeah. 48 hours. Some greenies. Yeah. He's, he's the, definitely on some. He's got the steroid that allows you to drink an unending yeah, supply of alcohol. it's called a Russian liver. <laughs> hey, speaking of taking your shirt off, getting drunk, and just acting like a maniac, Bert Kreischer's staying overnight for the DV Comedy Fest and putting on another. It's Randy Bauman and the DV Morning Show, along with Bill Crawford, Val Porter, Mike Pursuta, and producer Joe Rikiki. <clears throat> Pardon me. Should use the cough button on that one. Got those uh, <clears throat> the allergy. Oh, yeah. Kicking up. Like uh, post nasal things happening right now. The <clears throat> spring snotties. Spring snotties. <laughs> oh, my God. Spring snotties. Ralph Gasnotti. McClatchy newspapers reporting that NRA officials met with Russian oligarchs and associates close to Vladimir Putin, members of his cabinet, and arranged for at least $30 million to be directed into the Trump campaign and super PACs aimed at taking down Hillary Clinton. Cap, uh, couple this with the news 
In the Post-Gazette yesterday reporting, Pennsylvania voter rolls now have to be audited because Russians are trying to hack into the registration banks. And it's getting tougher and tougher now to ignore the lengths the Russians have gone to uh, here to infiltrate our democracy. And, you know, the interesting thing is that it seems like, you know, this is like... I was like out of nowhere, all of a sudden, like, oh, my God, everything's under siege. And I don't really remember, uh, it, you know, it always, pardon me for one no. second. Hi, DV. Hi, this is Jesse Ventura, oh. former governor of Minnesota, yeah. star of the movie Predator, mm-hmm. and WWF <laughs> Hall of Fame wrestler, and also host of the Internet show, Off the Grid. Yeah, Jess, Jesse, as we pointed out many times, a show on the Internet is very much on the grid. Hey, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm using an encrypted Skype program to make this call to you right now from an undisclosed location. It's a fact. Where, a Starbucks? No, it's a Brugger's Bagel Shop just outside of Rio Grande, Texas. That's not... The free Wi-Fi is great, but the bagels, they're just so-so. If you're using Wi-Fi... Never mind, Jesse. Why are you calling? Well, I was listening on the iHeart radio sure. hearing you talk about That's Russian not... interference in our political process like grid. it's a new thing. Uh-huh. Please. Yeah. The Russians have been at this for years and I know from personal experience believe me, what? Chachi. Chachi. <laughs> up there. Yeah. Uh, what, what are you talking about? Yeah, well, when I was governor of the great state of Minnesota, Nikolai Volkov put a mind-controlling substance in my Arizona iced tea and tried to get me to send half a million pounds of sugar beets to Moscow in exchange for a dancing bear. Yeah. I mean, a to- total bad deal. Yeah, that would have been quite a bargain for them. Well, if not for my mind-controlled defensive maneuvers I learned when I was riding motorcycles with the Mongols in Bakersfield, California, I might have fallen for it. Wait, what mind-controlled defensive maneuver? Well, yeah. You know, you stick your finger down your throat and you vomit it back up. Well, that's not as cool sounding as I thought it was going to be. International politics ain't pretty, my friend. Uh-huh. And that's not all. It's not? The Russians will meddle in anything they can get their red hands on. What do you mean? For instance, famous WWF wrestler Boris Zukov supplied Hulk Hogan with horse amphetamines before each one of our matches. And that's the only way he was able to beat me three times in a row. No. That's just a fact. No, that's... That's not true. He didn't take horse amphetamines. Hogan ate a bucket of oats after every match. And that's not all. Boris also laced my feather boa with the scentless ether they developed in Siberia in labs. And it would have knocked me out cold if not for a little trick I learned from Carol Weathers on the set of Predator. Yeah, You have to offset the sleepiness with pain. So first, what you do is... You give yourself a fruit basket. Okay, no, I don't, you know, let's not go any further into what that one is. Look, all I'm telling you is the Russians are going to keep hacking away until they control the whole thing if we're not careful. They're like the McMahon family, only less diabolical and much more trustworthy. All right, so we'll see you later, Jesse. Ivan Koloff tried to compromise me one time by ensnarling me in a honey trap. Ivan Koloff? I forgot, wait, you mean they used the honey trap? They used a pretty girl to lure you into a compromising position? No, it was an off day in Poughkeepsie, and we both hate three hits of bladder acid. I, he thought I was Winnie the Pooh. It was a strange day, but he was a strange guy, like all the Russians. Hold on a minute. The waitress is here. Honey, can I just put this on my debit card? That's not very off the grid. Hey, hey, hey. Now, wait a minute. It is the DV Morning Show. IHOP caused a lot of uh, fur, furor, furor, 
fur- controversy when they changed <laughs> their name from IHOP to IHOB with a B and then made people guess what it was going to stand for. Most people thought breakfast. Biscuits. Makes sense. Internet Biscuits. Internet, no. Figure breakfast. Yeah. Biscuits are served at breakfast. But now they come. <laughs> I just thought of a B word that would sound really funny. What? International House of Boners. <laughs> that was very uncharacteristic of you. <laughs> so you ridiculous. Silly. <laughs> I was being silly. Something enough. about pancakes. Uh, it just gets me all excited. Just, well, come on in. Stupid. Let me show you all our different kinds of syrup. Oh, yeah. A blueberry. (laughs) The purple helmet platter. So, um, Wendy's, once they found out that IHOP went IHOB and it stands for International House of Burgers, they've just been trolling them. They tweeted, can't wait to try a burger from a place that decided pancakes were too hard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's very funny. They would you eat every a hamburger time- with pancake buns? Who's pancake buns? Is that your friend of yours? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is almost a pig in a blanket. It's kind of like got no. the McGriddle vibe going on. Yeah. That's uh, not what these are. No, I know. Or it was just a a mix of a, genres. A what if? I mean, because they they always hamburger, served hamburgers. Though. Although it would be sweet and savory. Wendy's also tweeted. Remember when you were like seven and thought changing your name to Thunder Bear Sword would be super cool, like that? But our cheeseburgers are still better. They're just <laughs> trolling them. Wendy's going after them. People, yeah, not really afraid of the burgers from a place that decided pancakes are too hard is a hilarious line. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what to say. I don't care. I haven't never, not never been to an IHOP, but I don't remember the last time. Is there one in Pittsburgh? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. in Robinson. There's one like the, on the way down to the waterfront. Yeah. It's out, uh, the one in Robinson's across from Costco. And they're great, right? Yeah, I uh, guess. I mean, I mean I, I've been there, but it's been yeah. a while. I'm just glad that there's finally a place where you can, you know, go get a burger. <laughs> it's, didn't they, they, they already rare. sold burgers. Yeah. they. This and, was and all like a marketing scheme. Yeah. House of Burgers push. just sounds like you walk in and like there's just burgers piled up everywhere. And that's gross. Nobody I'm sure it'll be good. That. Come on, be nice. We might need to get an endorsement from them. What do you have next, Val? Uh, <laughs> I love iHub. There you go. We're going to talk about the road rage incident halted by pooping. Also, on a very serious note, you know, we've been talking about uh, the Anthony Bourdain, Kate Spade uh, suicides of the past week and how it has really sort of taken over the the, uh, the, the national discourse. And everybody has been talking about how depression has affected them and people who have uh, um, been close to someone who committed suicide or close to uh, uh, getting to those depths themselves. And we wanted to make sure that we're discussing it responsibly and not just being boneheads. So we have Dr. Lisa Pan, Associate Professor of Psychiatry, Human Genetics, and Clinical and Translation Science from Pitt. She was featured in an article in the Post-Gazette yesterday about this surge in suicides across the country. Uh, It has really started to become a serious uh, epidemic that needs to be confronted. I know for sure the the statistic on veterans, what is it, 22 veterans a day, which is 
unthinkable. I can't mm-hmm. believe we're not doing more to address that that scenario. Uh, but Dr. Lisa Pan will talk about it and hopefully shed a little light on the situation and maybe help us understand a situation uh, a little bit better that maybe someone, uh, one of our loved ones is going through, or even if you're struggling yourself, maybe she'll be able to uh, shed some light on what seems to be an insurmountable situation for so many. So that's 815. Dr. Lisa Pan, Billy Gardell coming up in the nine. Some people just, uh, you know, they're very singular minded. Maybe sure. they're busy. You could make, you can rationalize it and you kind of think, oh, this jerk. But the other way, it's not that they're not helping. It's that you are all of a sudden working for them. And they don't even acknowledge That's you. Right. It's like not getting the thank you wave when you let somebody in traffic. Got to get the wave. Don't you always, if you don't get the wave, do you always yell at the person? Oh, I scream at the... <laughs> I, I what? You can't even I, say thank you. I, even I when didn't they, have to let you in. <laughs> even when they do, I still swear at them, but I smile. I go, yeah, yeah, F you. <laughs> go ahead. Skirt the whole line and go in front of me. No, I'm happy to help. <laughs> go ahead. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Val Porter, what's going on? We got Billy Gardell coming up in about an hour here on the DV Morning Show. Here is the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. It's 58 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Olympic skier Bodie Miller's 19-month-old daughter has died after drowning in a pool, TMZ reports. Paramedics were rushed to the scene at a neighbor's party in Coto de Casa, California, and performed CPR on Emmeline Greer. She was taken to the hospital but could not be revived. On Instagram, Miller wrote, we are beyond devastated. Emmeline was the youngest of Bodie's four children. I'm not sure if you guys talked about this yesterday or not. That woman in Davie, Florida, who was killed by an alligator uh, last Friday, authorities say such attacks are extremely rare. Shizuka Matsuki's dogs were found wandering, one badly injured. Matsuki's body was later found in the alligator caught and killed. One of Matsuki's arms, which was identified by a tattoo, was found in the alligator's stomach. Uh, Despite the fact that such incidents become big news, officials say the likelihood of being attacked in an unprovoked alligator incident in Florida is roughly one in 3.2 million. A Pennsylvania man is... Yeah, just a nutty story. Uh, Pennsylvania man accused of pooping on another driver during a road rage incident. Speaking of a nutty story. State police in Bethlehem say retired farmer Henry Weaver got into a fight with another man Friday morning on routes 100 and 309 in Heidelberg Township. According to Philly's NBC affiliate, the other driver pulled out in front of Weaver and, quote, was so close he scared the dickens out of me. So the two get out of their cars. They start arguing. That's when the IBS kicked in. IBS. <laughs> IBS yeah. is the, to blame. He said he didn't have careful. any choice to go, but to go right then and there. An explosive situation led to an explosive situation. Yes. Uh, the driver that pulled out in front of him then jumped in his car and drove off and called police. Weaver left and went home to shower. And that's when... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. That's when police called him. Uh, Despite his IBS excuse, he is still being charged with harassment in the case. The news report had a quote from the the man, Mr. Weaver. Quote, it was just one of those bad days made worse. The incident got carried way out of line because of my IBS. But I, I guess I'm confused. Where did he go? Well, it 
The one story I read said he pooped on the guy. <laughs> the other Which story is so funny to didn't, think about. didn't specify. I mean, the, you'd have so, to be unable to resist at all to allow somebody to go through the process of being like, all right, hold still. Well, has your older brother ever got you in a typewriter situation? Yeah, that's different. You know, <laughs> doing hey. the spit. Yeah. <laughs> ding, 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 ding on your collarbone. Maybe they were wrestling on the ground. And- yeah, he got him in a figure four and squeezed a number two. I don't know, but that's a triple A call that I, I would want to get. <laughs> it's impressive. I mean, if he actually did that as a move. like He's, that's- he's still being charged, though. That's uh, pretty amazing. Uh, According to a new, sad, disturbing survey, and this really is nothing new, 10% of people admit to uh, checking their phones during sex. Well, if you're recording it, you want to make sure it's in focus, (laughs) Val. Among those 10%, 43% admitted to checking more than once over the last year. Oh, boy. (laughs) If somebody's, ch- ah, boy, that has to be a millennial thing. That's a bee killer right there, isn't it? Sixty-nine <laughs> percent yeah. admitted to checking their phone while going to the bathroom. Whoa, which Blumpkin status? Everybody, what? No, just going. No, checking your phone. The, the sex part's done now. Fifty-nine percent <laughs> say they do it on a daily basis. <laughs> I'm convinced that I one time I called about an apartment. I swear the guy was, I could hear it. He was peeing. Yes. Oh, I'm taking a dump right now. Where are you? <laughs> I'm fighting some guy on the side of the road. It's oh. got a two-car garage. <laughs> 22% say they've checked their phone while in the shower, and this is surprising. It's only this low. Three-quarters sleep with their phone on or near their bed. Mine's somewhat near the bed, but I guess uh, it's probably killing me. But Mine's on my nightstand because it yeah. has my, it's my alarm. Yeah, it has my alarm. That's th- my excuse. I think you're supposed to put it in some sort of lead box so we don't get the radiation. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. We're all going to die. Where do you yeah. get the lead box? Uh, Walmart. A belligerent passenger on a Jet 2 flight from Ireland to Spain responsible for causing an emergency landing yesterday. According to the UK news company The Sun, the man was traveling to Ibiza as part of a bachelor party Ibiza. when they got a little too crazy. Which is not a big surprise. It was reported he had a blow-up doll and was causing a disruption to both the flight crew and other passengers. Spokesman for the airline said, We will not tolerate this behavior. It was clearly caused by too much alcohol. That's when his IBS kicked in. (laughs) (laughs) The unexpected stop doubled the flight time from three hours to six, which probably caused a lot of people to be pissed off. If you have a uh, blow-up doll, do you have to pay for an extra seat? I mean, what's valid? Unless, it, unless it's Protocol a therapy blow-up doll. Does she have to go through? Yeah, yeah this is my therapy sex <laughs> doll. Mm-hmm. Please allow her to sit on my lap. Are you uh, taking a summer vacation this year? Yeah, next week. Yes. A lot of people are not. A new survey by financial website Bankrate.com found nearly half of Americans will be skipping any trip this year. 11% of people say it's because they're too busy at work to go away. The number one reason Americans aren't taking time off is because they can't afford to. 24% of respondents said they're too strapped for cash to go on vacation, but experts say even if you can't afford to go away, you got to take your days off. Got to take them. Even if you spend time just sleeping in, watching movies, uh, working through your vacation time is not healthy and a surefire way for you to burn out at your job. What's your record 
for Netflix asking you, are you still watching TV? Uh, I don't know. I think I, I watch too much I've... because they don't ask me that question. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't. If you I've ever like watching a series or something and it goes a couple episodes oh, and then it goes, yeah. are you still watching this? I've, that's happened to me when I fall asleep. Right. Like after a certain amount of episodes, which I had never seen before. I think it's like three or four. They're like, hey, you still cool with this? Just want to make sure. Touch base. I had a uh, Saturday not long ago where I think I was asked like four times, <laughs> you s- still watching Netflix? And I was like. Yeah, click. And then a little, bit, a little bit later, it was like, it even changed the font. And it was like, dude, <laughs> are you still watching Netflix? Yeah. Hey, think, maybe watch some porn. Just break <laughs> this up a little bit. Yeah, it just, it, it was getting more concerned for me. It was like, you sure you don't want to go for a walk, get, a get out of, of the house air. for a while? I'm like, no, I want to keep watching, click. It was just like, we called the cops. They're going to be knocking <laughs> yeah. at your door. So Doing a welfare like, check. Hey, we called your mom. Uh, <laughs> she misses you. Is, everyone, everyone's worried about you. Am I Nobody only, should watch Cheers this much. Only one who saw there's some new crime story on Netflix about some guy who murdered his wife in North Carolina. What's it called? Oh, no, what I is it? I can't remember. The Staircase, maybe? Yes, The Staircase. I saw uh, the advert for it. Yeah. I didn't see it. I read an article about it, and it seems to be the hot new... People true, love that stuff. True crime. True yep. They're filming Mindhunter in my neighborhood. Second season. Yeah. Yeah, they sit they sent out this um this document to everybody. It's basically a flyer that just says, Hey, if you have like power tools, you know, blowers, you know, don't use those this week because we're gonna be taping in the backyard on this street. Oh, do I'm I like, get paid for that? See, right. this is how it happens. Do I get first it's the blowers, then they take our mowers. All of a sudden, we're living under grashism. <laughs> I don't trust these people. Mindhunter. Give me some money. Did, I loved Mindhunter. I thought it was really did cool. You, you didn't think it was like it really made it really took me to a dark place. Yeah, that, I'm already there. So Just it was a short r- trip. <laughs> yeah. Rose McGowan has been indicted by a grand jury in her cocaine possession case, TMZ is reporting. Back in January 2017, police found several small bags of cocaine in a wallet she left behind at uh, Washington Dulles International Airport. She pleaded not guilty to the felony charge. Uh, Rose, who has been a vocal critic of Harvey Weinstein, says the disgraced producer may have had the drugs planted to destroy her reputation. Forecast today, clouds and sun, very slight chance of rain. Temperatures in the upper 70s. It is 58 at DVE. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. An alarming article in the Post-Gazette yesterday by uh, Sean Hamill, and it uh, showed that county data has revealed a 66% increase in suicides here in Allegheny County since 2010. Uh, One of the uh, doctors... Featured in the article, joining us right now, Dr. Lisa Pan, Associate Professor of Psychiatry, Human Genetics, and Clinical and Translational Science at Pitt. Dr. Pan, how are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being here. Why do you think there's been such a drastic increase in the amount of suicides in Allegheny County in these last eight years? Uh, Well, I got to say first that I was really shocked by these numbers, Um, and, you know, it's very disheartening. I think that it's really important for us to remember that suicide is a very complex and multifactorial disease process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I think there's been a lot of discussion about various um, contributions to this, but I, again, because I think it's multifactorial, um, 
I, I think all the things that we've been reading about are contributing. So there's been conversation about economic downturn and new pressures on people. Um, there's been discussion about the opiate epidemic we're having. Um, op- use, the use of opiates is a depressant on its own, mm-hmm. and it's it's a means for suicide. Um, and sometimes it's confusing if an overdose is a suicide attempt or or not. Um, I think we also have problems right now with insurance coverage and access to care. Right. Uh, there's been a lot of commentary about the fact that many of these pa- these pa- pa- didn't have a diagnosis, but we know from previous studies, what, which, what we call psychological autopsy, that if we go back and talk to families and look through the history that the patient, the people did in fact have a mental health disorder, it was just never diagnosed. Mm. Um, and then I, I, I have no political agenda on this issue, but we do have a lot of data about accessibility to lethal means like firearms. Um, and so we have we have a kind of I think a social crisis where we have limited access to help and increased access to means for death. So the copycat um, effect that they they warn uh, about with what's going on uh, in the world with Kate Spade's uh, tragic suicide, Anthony Bourdain shocked everyone his death yes. this past weekend. And yeah. uh, if you could take me through the process, the thought process there of someone who is considering suicide and sees that as. A, a direction they want to go toward instead of seeing the the fallout from that person's death, I would think that it might serve to show the ramifications of, of that action and discourage somebody from going there. But it seems to have the opposite effect. Right. So, so you asked me two important things there. The first thing is about what we, what we call contagion. Um, and the second thing is about... Um, why people think the way they do about suicide. So if it's okay, I'll, I'll talk about those two yeah, things separately. So, so contagion we know is a phenomenon. Actually, um, my mentor, David Brent, who, who taught me uh, almost everything I know about how to help people who are having suicidal ideation, um, a long time ago did a study looking at the effects of a suicide in the community surrounding the suicide. And what's really challenging is that the people that are at risk for suicide aren't necessarily those that are closest to the person who died, but people that know them by association or are acquaintances who already were thinking about suicide or were already struggling with a mental health problem that put them at risk. Um, so what's so concerning when we lose somebody that people associate with, like Anthony Bourdain or like Kate Spade, is that there is a, a, a sense of affinity for those people, and when you're already having thoughts yourself, it does seem to increase risk in a cluster of people at the time of the suicide. And that's why we also worry about media coverage being responsible and talking about how you can get help and the fact that this is an illness and that there are ways to, to, to prevent this. Um, the second part that you talked about is about, you know, why do people respond the way they do? And I think that this is really important to emphasize is that suicidal ideation and suicidal behavior are clearly disease states. So there is a there is a a brain disease that's going on, and I've I've actually heard people that work in this field kind of uh, compare it to heart attack and call it like a brain attack. You know, we know people at risk for heart disease, but we don't know who's going to die from heart attack. And it's it's a similar situation. And when we're trying to understand why someone has died from suicide, we're trying to process that information with a brain that is not suicidal and isn't ill. And so it's very hard for somebody who's left behind who's not who doesn't understand the illness to understand what the person was thinking at the time. Mm -hmm. It's really not happening in a rational mindset. 
Um, and so, I, again, I, that's why I always emphasize this is an illness and it is very complex. And it's not, it's not just because of a, a bad decision or, or a thought that is wrong, but it's more of an illness state. So, you know, we're told during this time, by the way, uh, did you think that the, the media's response to these that, uh, as opposed to uh, prior incidents like this, whether it was Robin Williams or any celebrity or high-profile suicide, uh, it seemed to me that there there was a preponderance of reports of how to reach out for help and how to get help, yes, more so I, than I, ever I, before. Yeah, I've been very happy that almost every article I've seen has talked about the National Suicide Hotline and how to get help. And here in Allegheny County, we have the Results Crisis Network, um, which responds 24 hours a day and can even send individuals to you. Um, and I've been seeing that in a lot of the coverage, which I've really appreciated. I'm also really glad we're talking about this. It's, yeah, it's, it's not the typical fare for the DV morning show, but given up, given everything that's yeah. been going on right now, we want to make sure that we're when we talk about it, we're talking about it responsibly because we're such you know dummies most of the time. We wanted to have an expert on who you know yeah, made sure we weren't pursuing the wrong oh. narratives. Yeah, you're not being dumb. But I, I think what's been really helpful about the coverage of these right now is that the, the the things that really, the psychological things that really contribute to losing someone who's thinking about suicide are hopelessness and isolation. Mm-hmm. And I think the really important message is if you're feeling that hopeless, there are people like me out in the world who know about this illness and want to help you. And And if there's any way you can reach out, I think that's the message that's coming from this, which is incredibly important. And I'm really glad to see that happening. So that's the the next question I have for you is that, you know, we're given so many outlets for help for people. Hey, you need help, call here. If you need help, do this. But we're also told that people in that, as you described it, a diseased state, they -hmm. are not rational and they are not going to be willing to reach out for that help. So it requires other people to try and reach out to them. How do you identify somebody right. in that state. And and you're you, this is this is an incredibly important observation you're making. So Matthew Knock has, is one of my colleagues and um, has been also talking to a lot of media outlets right now and he made the important point that this is the only disease where we are depending on the patient to tell us there's a problem. And so the things you should look for in a person that you might be concerned about is it, first of all if you're having a thought that you have to worry um, that's probably a really good indicator right there that there's something happening. But what we look for is, you know, withdrawal and social isolation, changes in behavior, um, changes in ability to function. So, you know, withdrawing from work or school. Um, if a person either will not answer the question about whether they're thinking about suicide or tells you that they are thinking about suicide, it's, it's very important that you get help. The time when you have to get emergency help is when a person tells you that they have a plan for suicide and they intend to act on it. That requires immediate hospital intervention. Um, and I think it's never wrong to ask. We know for a fact that asking about suicide does not increase a person's risk. So if you have someone you care about and you're worried well, that's that this an might interesting be going on, stat, yeah. it's very important to ask. Yeah. What about what about the the military and the problem that they seem to be having? I mean, twenty two veterans a day are committing suicide. The last number I saw, it was up over a hundred thousand. That seems to me to be a group that could be sort of zeroed in on as at mm-hmm. risk for this kind of this kind of problem. Yeah, that that's a population that's very important to me because we owe them so much. Um, 
I think, I, that, again, that's an even more complicated situation because we have a military right now that we're asking so much from. Um, they are deploying over and over more than ever in history. We have right. um, activity going on in more fronts than we've ever had before. And then we know that rates of suicide are increased even in in military members who haven't been in combat areas. And so it's a very complex uh, question. Um, there, there's a lot of work going on in that area, both by the military and even by investigators at University of Pittsburgh, specifically around what the challenges are for service members. Um, but it is a high-risk group, and it's a group of people that, again, if there's somebody you care about, if, they're, if they are a veteran and they're having depression and talking about things that concern you, they, that is another risk factor that makes it even more important that you help, help them reach out for care. Dr. Lisa Pan, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. The, the Sean Hamill, Hamill article in the Post-Gazette yesterday, a 66% increase in suicides in Allegheny County since 2010, an alarming figure. Let's leave on where can people go, what should they do if they are searching out help? All right, so um, and it's important to, that you know there's a national suicide hotline. It's, it's listed in that article, um, and you can call that 24 hours a day from anywhere in the country. Um, here in Allegheny County, the Resolve Crisis Network is incredibly helpful. They can both talk to you on the phone immediately, a trained therapist, or uh, send people to your home, or you can come in there for care. So those would be the two places I would go. Dr. Lisa Pan, thanks so much for your time this morning. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, we'll see you. appreciate the time. Oh, no worries. Thank you. 66% increase in suicides, man, since 2010. That is a huge number. Pretty staggering. Yeah, it just always... It baffles me when you see people who are high profile commit suicide that if you are struggling, your interpretation of that is, yep, that's what I want to do. When the whole world is showing this outpouring of love for them and regret that they're gone. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that's why I was wondering about like the reaction when like people like Val Kilmer were calling Bourdain selfish and saying it's a selfish act um, because of what you leave behind, the devastation you leave behind. I didn't know, you know. It seems an insensitive thing to say, certainly. Oh, my God. It's just, and it's it's ignorant. But, right. But is there another way to get through to people in that period of time when they're struggling to make go like, see, look what the damage is here. You don't want to do this. And calling out that person probably is not the way to do it. But I don't know, man. Well, yeah, I mean, complicated it, times we it's, live it's, in. It's very difficult because it's it's sort of like saying, um, "Here's the the name of a rehab facility. If you know anybody who's on drugs, tell them to give them a call." It's like yeah, nobody when, has an intervention on right. themselves, so it's just it's a difficult yeah, scenario when somebody is in that state. How do you help them? Yeah, yeah. Uh, taking a break. Coming back with sports update from Mike Pursuta. Billy Gardell is going to join us in the nine o'clock hour here on DV- DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. One of the more remarkable baseball games you'll ever see last night in Arizona. The Pirates had a 5-0 lead through six innings, but they allow five in the bottom of the seventh and four more in the bottom of the eighth, and the Diamondbacks win it 9-5. to A dramatic turnaround, and uh, did it all start when Joe Musgrove, the Pirates pitcher who had been dominating to that point, hit Chris Owings to lead off the bottom of the seventh for Arizona. 
Musgrove's action, uh, although not stated, specifically was an apparent retaliation to Josh Harrison being hit in the shoulder and Austin Meadows being knocked down in the top of the seventh. This much uh, we know for certain. Uh, through the first six innings, 24 Diamondbacks had gone to the plate. Musgrove had allowed only four hits, all singles, walked none, struck out six, but he had also hit two batters. He plunked third baseman Jake Lamb leading off the fourth, and he hit catcher John Michael, excuse me, John Ryan Murphy with two outs in the bottom of the sixth. So it was Harrison getting hit, retaliation for the Diamondbacks getting hit. Where does it start? Where does it stop? Where does it end? Uh, It's a complex issue. It's not uh, as simple as hit him or don't hit him. It's when, who you hit. Uh, There are all kind of nuances to this. Uh, Here's what Musgrove had to say to Rob Beertemple of The Athletic. Quote, I'm not trying to come in here and be the hero or be a badass guy who's going to hit guys right and left. But Jay Hay is one of our big guys. If you go up and in on him like that, in a spot like that, that's not something we're okay with, especially me. Now, uh, for his part, Musgrove was more upset with the subsequent wild pitch that he threw to the next batter. That allowed Owings to get to second base and took out the possibility of a double play. That's what Musgrove thought teed up Arizona for the big inning that wound up tying the game. Uh, This stuff is uh, a continuation of uh, what took place when the Pirates played the Cubs, or so it would appear. Uh, Back on May 28th, Richard Rodriguez did not hit Anthony Rizzo after the slide into Elias Diaz that had everybody fuming. Uh, Rob Beertemple of The Athletic talked with Jamison Tyone about that and how it was connected to what happened last night. Uh, here was Tyone's take, and this is some really good stuff from uh, Jamison Tyone through Rob Beertemple. Quote, trust me, we've talked about it. We've had internal discussions. And then he fast-forwards to last night. They can say the ball slipped. It's not our job to judge intent. All I can tell you is Jay Hay gets pitched in a lot. And even if it's not on purpose, Jay Hay gets hit way too much. I get sick of seeing him spun around up there. Sick of it. Something needs to be done by the staff, and Joe did it for us. Joe's got a presence. He's got attitude and a mentality out there. He's intense in the weight room. He's intense all the time. I love watching him pitch. I love what he stands for. He's a guy we'll all back up. Now maybe guys will want to play a little harder behind him. It's a tough loss, but maybe it's something that gets some guys going and gets some guys talking in here. I mean, it's an epic soiling of the sheets from a baseball game perspective, but I think it's more important for the team, this team, this year. I think it it, it played a bigger part. You know, it's, it, it has a bigger impact. It, it's a really interesting way to think about it. They've lost seventeen to twenty three. Now they need something. It's just to another happen. game that they lost. Though, yeah, right now. I mean, obviously they need something. They need to start winning some ball games. Can it be something that galvanizes the team or brings the team together, or did they just show you that they can't even win when they have a five nothing lead through six? I think the second thing. <laughs> I don't think it's that complicated. Okay, never mind. Yep, move on. <laughs> They'll move on tonight. Uh, Trevor Williams against Clay Buckholtz. Young Ho Gung went 0 for 4 for Indianapolis last night, his first game in AAA as he continues to try to crawl his way back. He struck out three times and left three runners. As long as he isn't driving his way back. He didn't drive anybody in, that's for sure. 
interesting stuff in the Post-Gazette as well this morning. Jason Mackey speaking with General Manager Jim Rutherford of the Penguins. Rutherford has made the media rounds this offseason, and Topic A is unquestionably Phil Kessel's relationship to Mike Sullivan, and can they continue to coexist? How much of a problem was that relationship as it related to the Penguins being eliminated in the second round by the Washington Capitals? Kessel wants to play with Evgeny Malkin. Sullivan wants to split up Sidney Crosby, Malkin, and Kessel and have balance on his top three lines. Uh, Here are some of Rutherford's takes to Jason Mackey. Quote, I can say throughout the three years that there could have been a difference of opinion at times as to the thought process of what line Phil was going to play on. I certainly wouldn't turn that into a rift. I think it will be resolved. Will they get together for a special meeting? I'm not sure that's necessary at this point. If it is, they'll figure that out themselves. Will they always agree? Probably not. I can tell you the same thing about other players, too. That's just the way sports works. Rutherford uh, is selling the uh, theory that this is only a problem because the Penguins didn't win the Stanley Cup. I agree. Totally. But did they not win the Stanley Cup because of this problem? Chicken, egg. And Phil Kessel's inability to score against Phil Kessel. Mm, chicken and eggs. <laughs> no, he's like, mmm. I'll have two. There's a lot of stuff going on. We haven't even gotten to the soap opera Kings, the Steelers, who commence vander- mandatory veteran minicamp today. wonder what's going to come out of that. I'm sure tomorrow we'll have uh, plenty of different stories to talk about there. Right now it's all anticipatory. We know who's not going to be there. Lev Bell, he's hanging out with Wiz Khalifa recording uh, uh, rap tunes. That, that should end well. No way that could be bad. Definitely no weed around <laughs> Lev Bell right now, who's already twice been busted. The NFL. No worries at all. My only concern regarding him is I just hope nobody pitches him inside. Val's got the uh, news coming up top of the hour. I don't know if you guys talked about this yesterday or not, but Kim Jong-un took his own toilet to the summit. Yeah. You did talk about no, it? No, we didn't. Oh, okay. No. Uh, so we'll talk about that coming up. I'll tell you why. All right. And um, I think I know why. Billy Gardell coming up at 9 a.m. as well, because he can. It's the DBE Morning Show. Gardell's coming up 9 o'clock. He'll be hanging out with us live from Los Angeles, California. Mm-hmm. Well, it finally happened. Tamworth Distilling in New Hampshire is releasing a new limited edition whiskey that's flavored with, wait for it, beaver anus. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, not what I was expecting. I thought you were going to say pickles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> beaver anus. Came out of left field. Wow. Technically, beaver anal secretions. Well, I'm not well, sure that's better. It doesn't make it better, yeah. Beaver anus. <laughs> I didn't think it was like the tequila worm. The whiskey. Like at the bottom of every, <laughs> the bottom of every bottle. Eat the beef. Uh, the whiskey is <laughs> infused with castorium, which is the oil that beavers have in little sacks by their tails they use to mark their territory. Oh, it's like a dog with his anal sack. Yeah. When you, um, guys. <laughs> Castorium is actually a pretty common food additive, by the way, because it is what? a cheap substitute for vanilla, strawberry, and raspberry. And the F- FDA oh, lets companies just list it ingredients as natural flavors <laughs> and not beaver anal secretions. 
Guys, have you Bill, tried these beaver anal secretions? That is a great question. They they Who are amazing. Discovered that. Bob, so, how did you find that out? <laughs> hmm? No, um. You eating beaver bucket, Bob? I was out for a swim. So you, you, we've all had it. We've all eaten beaver anal secretions. <laughs> Come on, man. Not knowingly. If you want to see what it does to the whiskey, the distillery said, quote, it exudes a leathery raspberry taste. Oh, <laughs> and acts to fortify the whiskey flavors. Yep. So what? You just have the the beaver drink it. It's called eau de musk. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. just wait. Yes, eau de musk. That's what it's called. Yeah. No thanks. Nope. I am all set. It, that reminded me of you know with all of these memoriams to Anthony Bourdain, something he said about craft beer and beer snobs. On, you know, related subject anyways. I really liked what he had to say there because I, like a lot of what he said, I agreed with him. Uh, he was being interviewed and asked, I read somewhere that based on some drinking on the show, you were getting flamed online from beer snobs. Does that happen often? And Bourdain said, a lot. I would say the angriest critiques I get from people about shows are when I'm drinking whatever convenient cold beer is available in a particular place and not drinking the best beer out there. You know, I haven't made the effort to walk down the street 10 blocks to the microbrewery where they're making some effing Mumford and Sons IPA. (laughs) People get all bent about it. But look, I like cold beer and I like to have a good time. I don't like to talk about beer, honestly. I don't like to talk about wine. I like to drink beer. If you bring me a really good one, a really good craft beer, I will enjoy it and say so, but I'm not going to analyze it. You got to taste this. I was in San Beaver Butthole Stout. <laughs> it is amazing. I was in San Francisco and I was desperate for beer and I walked into this place. I thought it was an old bar and I sat down and I looked up and I noticed there was a wide selection of beers I'd never heard of, which is fine. Okay, I'm in some sort of brew pub. What's good? But I looked around, the entire place was filled with people sitting there with five small glasses in front of them, filled with different beers, taking notes. This is not a bar. This is an effing invasion of the body snatchers. This is wrong. <laughs> This is not what a bar is about. A bar is a go to get a little bit buzzed, pleasantly derange the sentences and have a good time and interact with other people and make bad decisions or feel bad about your life. It's not to sit there effing analyzing beer. It's antithetical. I totally agree. I think he makes a point. If someone brings me a delicious craft beer, I'm like, that's great. That's awesome. But meanwhile, I'll be like, cold Bud Light sounds great to me. Awesome. Dude, give me a Peroni. Give me a Stella. Give me 19... Yeah, Michelob Ultras. I can crush Stella's. I will. They're great. I'll be fine for the night. I don't need anything fancy. No, there's a couple of them I like, and I think they're delicious. But after you have one, you're like, okay, I felt like I just had a big piece of cake. (laughs) I'm ready for something else, like a beer I can drink ten of. I still like Coronas. I'll drink ten Coronas. I ain't mad at you. Pop a little lemon in there. (laughs) You like a little pageantry? Do it all. You don't put a lime. You put a lemon in there. Yeah, I mean, when I'm out of beaver buttholes. Sure. (laughs) Portions of this broadcast are brought to you by Meathead Ale. Well, 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 it's that time of year again. Fall is approaching, and that can only mean one thing. Football! Yeah! And the, the leaves are turning colors. Yeah! Up top, brother. Huh? You don't like uh, fall foliage? 
I thought everybody did. That's right. It's football season. And there's only one thing you got to have this football season. <laughs> yeah, beer. Yeah. Also, I make a spinach, kale, and artichoke dip in a Greek yogurt that's absolutely to die for. It is. Dude, what are you talking about? Kale, man. It's a superfood. You know, you're never too young to start eating right. And when it comes to beer this football season, there's only one that will quench a man's thirst. Meathead Ale. Yeah! Yeah! Meathead! Also, I like any kind of, of pumpkin beer, you know? Um, it's it just w- with a, a, a little bit of, like, sugar around the edge uh, so, so that every sip, it's... It's, 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 it's so yummy. It's Enjoy so Meathead Ale's Fall Variety Pack, featuring a vast array of Meathead favorites. Meattoberfest, Harvest Meat, Meat Stout, and IP Meats. Bartender, give me a Meattoberfest draft. No pumpkin meat? I mean, really? Have a Harvest Meat and shut the hell up, would you, Toby? C- can I get an orange slice for this? Drink the meat, wussy. Oh my lord, you're a girl. I, I I had absolutely no idea. Meathead ale, drink the meat, wussy. Would it be too much to ask for a little cinnamon on the rim? Don't get me wrong, I like a good craft beer once in a while. And you get one of the you know, when those pumpkins start coming out in the fall and all that, like one of those uh, is like, mm, that was good. But literally one. Like a piece of cake's good. That's kinda how but I But not about a whole it. cake. There are certain IPAs, like th- some of those dogfish heads are, are great, but I can't drink a bunch of IPAs. Nope. Is hard cider considered beer? No. Okay. I drank three 90-minute dogfish heads. Yeah. And was throwing up in the alley. (laughs) And was like, I don't want to be absolutely trashed after three beers. Yeah. When was this? Trashed. Uh, Has to be a decade ago. I was going to say. Man. Yeah. It's been a while. They they pack a punch. It's fun to go to microbreweries. There's so many in Pittsburgh. There's some delicious beers there. Don't get me wrong. I love posting up at Full po- Full Pint and uh, it, it, on Butler Street and going out and checking those guys out. But you can take and it too delicious. far, just like anything. Yeah, you just, it's just a, it's almost a different thing. I also like a cooler full of, of Budweiser on ice. Like that makes me happy because that's how yeah. I grew up. And when I say grew up, I mean literally. Like <laughs> when I grew up, there was just it was in my bottle. There was uh, there was Stroh's and oh. Bud Lights. My Stroh's best pounders. friend's mom used to drink Stroh's. Dude, blue can or the old white one with the pull top? Uh, it was the white one with the pull top. Yeah, yeah. That would have been 70s and 80s yeah. when we were best friends. <laughs> I remember like going to some block party, s- sneaking a beer out. It was Coors Light, sipped it, and was like, oh, my God, this is awful this is what beer tastes like now i'm like i can drink 30 of them yeah i remember when your thirst if i remember correctly when my friend got her driver's license her mom would send her to this the distributor with a note and they would give her a case of beer because she was there so much her mom oh my god that is awesome Dad, just go get me a case of beer there was a beer distributor in oakland i think it was university and they had a wall of shame. They just had a wall of yep. IDs that they snatched. I, I, I definitely used my brothers, for sure. <laughs> I totally remember what it tasted like to snap the top of a Stroh's and take the first sip. was like all gassy and like that. Because, like, you know, I wasn't drinking Stroh's back then. It would be like my dad or my uncle would be like, ah, you can take a sip. And mm-hmm. I'd be like, and then boom. Just that, oh, the rush and that taste. I remember mm, me and my buddies Stros. got 
a bunch of old E40s and we went into the woods and we were like, my buddy was like, dude, me and you were sharing this 40. We're drinking all night long. Took a big chug of it and was like, <laughs> just threw up everywhere and was fall down drunk for the rest of the night. It's like, all right, maybe we don't know what we're doing. We're doing something th- all night long. I think the first alcohol I had, and it was after high school, was Bartles and James. Yeah. <laughs> wine, wine cooler, cooler drunk. So yeah. reserved. Billy Gardell joining us when we come back here, and I'm sure he has his own uh, beer story to weigh in with. The first beer. You remember that, like, the first time you drank beer? Yeah, it tasted so weird. My Aunt Carol gave me beer, too, back in the day. She's like, tasted it. It's delicious, right? And I'm like, it is. <laughs> Oh, like, you had a taste for it. I was like, see, my palate wasn't ready. Yeah. I thought it was awful. I think I'm genetically predisposed. All right, Billy Gardell neck. IHOP caused a lot of uh, fur, furor, furor, furor controversy when they changed their name from IHOP to IHOB with a B and then made people guess what it was going to stand for. But now they come. <laughs> I just thought of a B word that would sound really funny. What? International House of Boners. <laughs> That was very uncharacteristic of you. <laughs> so you ridiculous. Silly. <laughs> I'll be silly. Something enough. about pancakes uh, that just gets me all excited. Just, well, come on in. Stupid. Let me show you all our different kinds of syrups. Oh, yeah. I got blueberry. Oh. <laughs> Helmet platter. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Billy Gardell joining us from Los Angeles, California, this morning on the DVE Morning Show. What's up, Bill? Hey. Good morning, everybody. Hello, Kai. Hi, Val. Morning. How are you? I'm good. good. What's going on, you guys? What's up, Cousy? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm up and at him. My son is going on a trip tomorrow so i'm trying to pack him up and uh make sure that he has a good time and he's responsible and he's going on a school trip to iceland wow Whoa. dude that's Isn't that awesome. crazy that's a fancy trip yeah it really is we yeah. went to the spaghetti warehouse bill that yeah, was I our went, uh, that was I our trip to, i went to a pickle factory <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of the pickle factory we got you know the big pound, like half a pound pickle in a bag we got that which I'm pretty sure prepped me for deviled eggs later on. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's going. So I'm trying oh, to lay awesome. out all the stuff like, uh, you know, your, your, your passport and your, your, uh, your wallet and your, you know, if your phone. I'm trying to talk to him in language that he understands. So I've got it laid out and I'm, I'm saying, all right, look, you're Jason Bourne now, okay? <laughs> if you lose any of this stuff, I'll never see you again. That's it. <laughs> you're done. You're in a room with a light bulb hanging above your head, and they're asking you questions. So I'm trying to scare them into having a good time and be responsible. What's the weather like there now? Is it is it summer there as it, well? No, nah, well it's it's cold, man, because there's glaciers. So they're going to be uh, it's going to be cold and wet and uh, and a lot of rain. But they're going to see. They're going to see cool different ways that energy is being used uh, without hurting the environment. And uh, they're going to see, because like Iceland is like at the top of the list of uh, smart energy. And uh, so they're going to get to experience that, and they're going to experience some food and some culture. And uh, uh, I'm excited for them. I'm a little worried for my own safety, if you guys don't hear from me. Uh, in a couple of days, I want you to call me, because Patty is uh, Patty's not comfortable right now. 
Uh-oh. with him leaving. No, she's not. She just keeps looking at me with a real scary look on her face at me. It's not. It's like it's a. It's a seething. I may punish you. Look. Why is it your so, fault? <laughs> I, well, because I've been married eighteen years, Cuz. Everything's my fault. <laughs> you understand? So uh, yeah. So if you guys she's undefeated, right, Bill? Tuesday, make sure you call me. Undefeated, Cuz. Eighteen yeah. years. Home away. <laughs> Snow, rain, power outages. <laughs> Every time I show up against her, I get smoked. <laughs> what about taking her to like a spa for the weekend or something? Yeah, I got some tricks. I got some. I we're, we're gonna run some. We're gonna run some gadget plays. Yeah, you got to dig deep. <laughs> dig deep in the playbook, Bill. We're gonna be running flea flickers and reverses and Statue yeah. of Liberty. We're, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I gotta run a bunch of flea flickers this week. Distract. Every time she gets sad, I'm going to have to trick her and look. I wish I knew magic. Hey, look, a coin. <laughs> well, Bill, it's a uh, light 24 hours there right now. And uh, I went to Iceland last year at this time. It's beautiful. Right? It's safe. It's He's going to have the best time ever. I, I believe that. I believe that. I, I think she's just nervous about her son being gone for a week, which is, you know, that's normal mom Totally stuff. understandable. I'm, I'm rooting for him. You know, I think it's going to be cool, and I think it's going to be a great experience. And, you know, what an opportunity that, you know, we would have never had that opportunity. So, And he made the deal. You know, my, the deal was A's and B's uh, all year, and you can go. And Patty was funny because you had to put down a deposit for the trip to go that you don't get back. It's about half of it, right? And uh, and and I said, you don't get, like, if I see a C, you're not going. That's it. And Patty, he walked out of and Patty goes, we've already paid half that deposit. You wouldn't really enforce that, would you? I said, Patty, I've lost that from the elevator to the gift shop in a casino. <laughs> yeah, I will eat that, just to make a point. So, But he came through on his end of the deal, so uh, I'm excited for him. Good. Yeah, uh, me too. That's going to be fun. Yeah, what's that, guys? Did you see the story yesterday about the high school pitchers in the championship game where the, the pitcher strikes Dude, out? Dude, I swear to God, it almost made me weep. The fact that that kid uh, struck out his best friend and then came down and just gave him a hug before he celebrated with his team, that I, I, I pretty much thought decency, the ship had left the harbor. I thought I heard, I saw decency and it went by us and I heard, and it was out <laughs> to sea. But when I saw that, I was I was very touched by that. I thought that was really classy and really cool. I agree with you, and also at the same time, I'm of mixed minds to it. Okay. I'm not what saying anything like? bad about it. I don't think it's bad, right? It, like it because people were saying terrible stuff online about it. I just well, it, people, it never. I, if I, I struck out my best people. friend in yeah. to win the game, yeah, I don't. My reaction would not have been to run and hug him. Yeah, it would have been like. Afterwards, dude, like, you know, like just <laughs> laughing like, dude, because I think he totally made that guy look like a bitch. Like, in a way, I'd want to not make it look like he was so fragile that well, I needed to go do that. It's a pretty I, I tough situation. I don't think I would concern myself with what anybody thinks uh, about that because, you know, man, people have become awful. No, uh, I know. I Look, awful, I agree. Awful, you know, but well, sports, especially baseball. I don't know. It just seems like. It has always been, I don't know. When I grew up, I we know, busted man. each other. I knew the guys on the other team, and you busted each other's chops constantly. I, I think I would, if it was that big a moment, you struck your buddy out. I, I don't know, man. I, I thought it was classy. I thought it was, 
kind. And then he went back out to the mound. They didn't show the rest of the clip on there, but uh, he had to look for that. But he went right back out to the mound and celebrated with his teams. Now, I'm sure that was just a moment where you're like, hey, dude, sorry I had to do this to you, but we got to win the championship. Now, I'm sure there's some, you know, I'm sure there's some ball busting that goes on, you know, next week where, like, you know, I did strike you out. See, I think the kid that got hugged is going to get like going to get his balls busted by his other friends. You know, he's gonna, they're going to go to In and Out Burger, and yeah, he's going to he sit really... down and be like, "Oh man, they forgot my fries," and they're going to be like, "Oh dude, you need a hug? Everything all right over there?" <laughs> he should have charged uh, my hugs. I know, I know, I don't know, man. I I don't know. Anytime I see kindness, I get excited. I yeah, hey, I'm Me with too. you. I just it, I don't know. Sports, I'm also kind of like, I don't know how kind we need to be there. <laughs> That's also a scenario that I don't think I ever came up against in playing Little League or anything like that. Like, I never had to go up against my up best, against friend. best friend. Right, yeah. So I don't know. I that, did. That's, that's bizarre. Well, I played in the same leagues with, like, relatives, my fr- like, really good friends. Yeah, what was that? That had to be it tough. Was, it was fine. Like, you know, okay. I mean, even playing soccer, you, I scored against up, one but... of my friends to win the game, and like, yeah. I only busted his balls. I, like, mercilessly busted his balls. I'm like, dude, I had two on you. Like, are you kidding me? How did you let that second one in? You know, like, and, and then I got punked many times. Did it come down to the championship decision? No, I guess that's part of it. It was a huge game. That I'm not giving it enough. I know. I I too, like you, am like a, a you know a thirsty guy in the desert looking for any oasis of kindness. But <laughs> that's all. But uh, but. I don't know. I, I still, I still You're want like Clark Griswold after when he goes looking for the for help. But I still want sports to be brutal a little station. bit, and then maybe be like yeah, afterwards, I, like I, Dude. I get that. I get that. I think there's time for that later too. I just think. Well, I mean, how old were these kids? Fifteen, if that. I thought they were like seventeen, eighteen. Oh, were they that old? Yeah, I thought it was little league championship. That's what I thought. I, I, I tell you, man. All, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just so blown out that when I see people being kind to each other, I root for it. Fair you, enough. You think you should have pressed fact, them In fact, I, I actually find myself uh, uh, cheering people on when I'm in public now. Like when I see someone get a door for someone else, I go, there you go. Good job. <laughs> when I see someone say, excuse me, I say, boy." I do. I get very excited when I see people treating each other with kindness. So do, you, do you boo people that, that aren't, aren't kind? No, because you can't talk to those people. Right. That was a game, by Lost the way. Cause. That that was sending him to the state championship. So That's that wasn't I mean, a like regular. Everything's yeah. on the line on one strike. That's, That's a little a little different. I'm I'm looking uh, at it like uh, just a regular like pony league game with yeah, one of your buddies. We, we didn't play that up in Chalfont. I mean, right. you know, there was money on the line. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm probably being too critical. I remember Maybe we not. we were on like this this in house pony league team. And we were uh, we were playing at, at Mellon Field up in East Liberty, and the team we were going up against was just trash talking our pitcher because she was a girl. And right. they're like, "Oh, look at this girl. This girl's name was BB. She had straight heat. She threw like <laughs> damn near a perfect game, and it was so awesome because it, she was just mowing them down. I mean, three pitches gone. Next." <laughs> Next batter, her pitch count in the sixth inning was like eighteen. <laughs> right, she was killing it, and I, that I love to see when you know when people are cruel like that, they get their comeuppance immediately. Yeah, big fan of that as well. 
Yeah. I mean, isn't I mean, that I the played, movie I, Bad I, News I, Bears? I played against my buddy, you know, my buddies in Swissville. I played against Canacy and, you know, Big Head Jimmy the Cop, my cousin, and all that. And I'll tell you where I tortured Jimmy is I got drafted above him. I got somebody, last time I was in Pittsburgh, somebody sent me the 19... 19- 77 draft sheet. Yeah, I feel yeah. like they sent that to us too, Bill. Right? And I was way above <laughs> my cousin Jimmy, and I've never let him forget that. Ever. Ever, ever. And we played each other, you know, and and it was intense, and we'd scream at each other. But, you know, but then we were down at the corner market at John's eating a snowball after the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? There was nothing... Whether we won or lost, it was just the, the game that day. We weren't going to a, you know, a state championship or anything like that. What maniac little league skipper kept that piece of paper? I don't know. And I, I've long. seen it like three times, and I think it's posted on the wall at Rocco's oh. in Swissville. It's the greatest. <laughs> like I did something. <laughs> this is the Bad News Bears theme. But- the greatest from Carmen maker. <laughs> <laughs> that and the William Tell overtures in it. Ah, oh, it's so good. <laughs> BBL Abraham, that was her name. That's, uh, there you go. All right, let's Facebook stalker and see. What Had now. heat. All right, what do you got going on over there, Val? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. It's 60 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by the new PPG Science Pavilion at Carnegie Science Center, built to inspire. Uh, You guys, I guess, did not talk about this yesterday, but the North Korean leader Kim Jong-un arrived in Singapore for his summit with Donald Trump, and he took every precaution to ensure his safety and privacy, including packing his own food and toilet. I'll see myself out. <laughs> he even he brought deployed his own toilet bill. decoy planes from North Korea to confuse possible air attacks. He brought along his own food to foil any attempts at poisoning him. And to keep his health private, he brought his own toilet so that nobody could go fishing for... Sewer divers. Right. They couldn't They couldn't use his stool to uh, determine uh, his, his health. His health, yes. Uh, no, 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 no. I know the way. Have a good evening. <laughs> a former member of North Korea's Guard Command telling the Washington Post, quote, Good day to you. Rather than using a public restroom, the leader of North Korea has a personal toilet that follows him around when he travels. The leader's excretions contain information about his health status, status so they can't be left behind, end quote. I got an idea. How about you just pop two Imodium? We're going to be home in 18 hours. <laughs> <laughs> and I see here you went to college. Uh-huh. And um, and you like to read. That's nice. Um, okay, so I think we have the job for you. <laughs> I think we have the job for you. Do you, um, do you have the a, dear leader. Do you, do you have a pair of tongs? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they would have to bring it, like, everywhere he went, not just to the location that he was going right. to, like, out Randy, and around with him. Randy, do you remember the song, uh, One Step Beyond? Yeah, Madness. Yeah. That song should play when the news comes on now. <laughs> that should be the theme to all the news now. Uh, I don't disagree with you, man. It's absolutely walking around with one of those bags that's hanging from the back of a horse. Watch this. This is the heavy, heavy monster sound. The nuttiest sound around. 
So if you're coming off the street and you're beginning to feel the heat, well, listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockinest, rock steady beat of madness. One step beyond. That should be right right when you see breaking news, you should hear that. <laughs> Just going to that. Very <laughs> sad Joining us now, Dennis Rodman. Yeah. <laughs> I was checking out the poop, man. He's got like poopcoin.com. He's advertising. <laughs> Did I, I when I came in I, I turned the news on and uh I saw the split screen with Rodman and Cuomo, Cuomo, Chris Cuomo, Cuomo, yeah, yeah, and I just, I, I just, I shut the TV off and I went, okay, <laughs> I just went in the other room. Okay, okay. all right, all right, I've seen enough. <laughs> I'll show myself out. This is that's the weirdest guy. season of the surreal life that's yeah. ever been yeah. aired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> screaming at Trudeau again and. <laughs> Embracing and uh, pumping up the brutal, murderous dictator in two days. All in the same day, actually. It's quite a time to be alive. With you know, he he met with the murderous dictator who murders his own people and uh, uh, kills his uncles and all that stuff, and has concentration camps and starves his people to death. Uh, Come he, on, we've all wanted to kill our own the, uncles with the help of a mentally ill former NBA star. Yeah. Just like in World War II. Remember how... So that's what you have to yeah. do when you see something crazy. Now you just go, okay. And uh, okay. And then if you see somebody be nice, you go, good job. No, I agree. I, I agree. <laughs> I should be happier about pitchers hugging the batter. I uh, know. I get what you're saying, dude. And I think in a different time, it would have been funny and we could have ripped that up. But I think nowadays, I go, hey, good job out there. You were nice to somebody. Good job. Yeah, we're in a lot of trouble. Uh, It is John Travolta Day in Brooklyn today. Uh, He's being welcomed back to Lenny's Pizza, the pizza (laughs) shop made famous when Travolta ordered and ate two slices on top of each other in Saturday Night Fever. Uh, He was born and raised in Inglewood, New Jersey, also starred in the show, of course, Welcome Back Cotter, which was about life in a Brooklyn high school. There will be a very special ceremony at Lenny's this afternoon in which a slice of pizza will be named in Travolta's honor. On-site okay. masseuses? <laughs> don't mind me. The topping probably comes off like a toupee. Like, <laughs> oh, you don't want pepperoni and cheese? Here you go. We'll just lift that off. Give you the bare skin. What is this pizza called? Adele Dezim. <laughs> <laughs> and after only a few weeks of dating, Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson have gotten engaged. Oh, I Mac- know who, You know what? Here's, I don't know who that is. <laughs> Anybody? Pete Davidson from SNL. I don't watch SNL much anymore. What's he do? He's great. Is he the news guy? No, he's a, he's a young guy. He does uh, he does pieces at the news desk. He he's a great young comedian. He's a stand up. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, you guys have good taste. I'll back that. And who's he getting engaged to? Ariana Grande, a She's pop star, a, like a young pop star who had been oh. dating Pittsburgh's own Mac Miller. Yes. Okay. The rapper, Mac Miller, up until very recently, she and broke up with him. Pete Davidson was dating Larry David's daughter. Ca- uh, Cassie, I think, or yes. something. Yeah. So, All right. Well, thank God we got that straight. Yeah. 
I'll tell you who's really going to make out from this. It's uh, Mac Miller's tattoo artist, because this is going to inspire yeah. at least seven tattoos. <laughs> and a couple cover-ups. Yes. You know? Got it. For sure. For sure. See, I think that the uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm music should come on every time the news comes on. <laughs> <laughs> Forecast today, clouds and sun. Very slight chance of a shower today. Upper 70s for the high. It is 60 at DV. More with Billy Gardell, Mike Pursuta with a sports update when we return on DVE. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now. we got Billy Gardell in Los Angeles, California joining us. Kaji. Sports is our brought to you by BobbyRayHall.com. The Pirates will turn to... Oh, the box. Trevor Williams tonight in Arizona. He'll be making his 14th start of the season. It has not gone well for Williams of late. He's 0-1 with an 8.50 ERA in his last four outings, but 5-3 overall with a 4.18 ERA. And the Pirates have won seven of his first 13 starting assignments. Williams will be opposed excuse me, by Clay Buckholtz. And the Pirates will be trying to recover from having the rug pulled from beneath their feet last night, starting in the seventh inning. It was 5 nothing Buckos. Two innings later, it was 9-5 Diamondbacks, and that's how it ended. A rem- Being a Pirates fan is really a Charlie Brown-Lucy football relationship. You know? <laughs> well, that's what it was last night. Joe Musgrove was dominating through six innings, but uh, he decided to plunk... Chris Owings to start the bottom of the seventh, uh, that in the wake of Josh Harrison being hit in the top of the inning and Austin Meadows being knocked down. And uh, the Diamondbacks wound up sending 15 players to the plate in the seventh and eighth innings. Those 15 plate appearances resulted in three singles, a triple, a homer, two walks, a runner reaching on an air, a hit batsman. There were also three wild pitches, a balk, and a stolen base. Boy, that just screams for a Bob Euchre line right there, doesn't it, Mikey? I can't come up with one. <laughs> <laughs> but it does. You're right. That it, Bob Euchre oh, would have said, okay. Only Euchre okay. could uh, put in proper perspective the way that game turned and the way that Man. game ended. Pirates fall two games under 500 again. They are uh, at Arizona tonight. Young Ho Gung was uh, rehabbing in India. They all hugged after the game, though, Bill, if that makes you feel better. yeah. See, yeah. you're just an angry man. Angry. You know, I <laughs> I, I kind of got to side with Randy on that one, Bill. I knew where you stood on this when it happened, Mike. <laughs> I mean, can't you go console your buddy later when it's out of the spotlight? And... Yeah, I guess, man. I told you, I just I, I see kindness today and I get excited. If that guy was run, if, if I was the guy that struck out and my friend was running up to hug me as I was sitting there like, oh, yeah. devastated, I would have totally been like, dude, get the f out of here, just get get out of here, get <laughs> beat it, get get out, get out, get out. You're probably right, man. You're probably right. You could be right. Mike would have made him wear one. <laughs> no, Mike yeah. Would have, Mike would have ran up to him with in your face, in your face. <laughs> In your face! Just do the Piazza run at Clemens. Just oh, how old were these kids? 15? <laughs> yeah, I might have done that at 15. They were older than 15, right? They're high school. I, 15? 17, because I'm guessing 17, they're seniors, and they're going to the state. Oh, that oh, was yeah. for a trip to the state championship. Yeah. So it was a big game. 
Yeah, he should have he should have ran up and spit in his face. What's the next story? Young Ho Gung <laughs> struck out three times in four bats for Triple A Indy last night. No word as to whether the Mud Hens pitchers offered hugs. Nobody talked about the fact that it didn't look like a strike. It looked like it was high and outside, by the way, and the bat was on his shoulder. <laughs> Dude, didn't are you not protecting the plate with the state championship on the line? <laughs> He's the guy who goes to a Notre Dame game and is like, Rudy was offsides. I mean, let's, let's call it what it is. It's a happy moment. Kid was offsides. Uh, <laughs> Billy, you like this story. According to Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated, the NFL is still analyzing the substance that led to the league issuing a suspension to New England Patriots wide receiver Julian Edelman. Ah, uh, the TB12 juice. According to, What's that? According to Breer, the uh, substance, quote, wasn't immediately recognizable. Okay. So the NFL is still trying to figure out <laughs> what he did to earn the suspension. They just think he's suspended. Alien testosterone. That's what it is. Edelman doesn't think he should be suspended. Uh, he posted on Instagram last week that he's, quote, very sorry. I don't know what happened. I've taken many, many tests, obviously, over the course of my career, and nothing like this has ever happened. I apologize to the Kraft family, my coaches, teammates, and fans. As this matter is being appealed, I can't say any more. But no matter what, I'll be ready to play and pursue another championship with our team for Patriots fans around the world. Well, it's so odd for the Patriots to have some air of wrongdoing in their organization. Cheating? That doesn't sound like them. That doesn't sound like them, but that's very odd. Have they uh, started with the free Edelman t-shirts and hats yet? (laughs) (laughs) No No admission of guilt on Edelman's part, even though he doesn't know what happened. Uh, Is this the fall of TB12 uh, super trainer Alex Guerrero? What is TB12? Do we know what it is? It's yeah, Tom Brady. It's, it's basically just yeah, fitness. It's, yeah. It's his line. It's his brand. Yeah. There's protein. There's TB12 snacks, gear, uh, workout equipment, steroids. He's a huckster. Undetectable performance enhancing drugs. Okay. Training facilities. Ball deflators. <laughs> Usually the steroids take There's care of that. A jar of ball deflator. <laughs> you know, do you have a jar of ball deflator? <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a powder. You just put it on like gold bond. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm having trouble. I just you have any ball deflator on you? <laughs> and then you go, okay. <laughs> okay. I just ran out, Bill. And in the event you're one of those people who's sitting around in uh, December and January thinking, you know what we really need are three more bowl games. Fear not. Yeah, what do we got? According to uh, college football reporter Brett McMurphy, he posted on Facebook yesterday that the NCAA Competition Committee will add three bowl games to the postseason schedule beginning with the 2020 season. Chicago and Myrtle Beach, South Carolina will be added, and the third site is yet to be determined. Uh, The Chicago game will be played in Wrigley Field and will feature teams from the Big Ten in the Atlantic Coast Conference. The addition of these three bowls will bring the total to 43 postseason college football games, including the two uh, semifinal games and the mythical national championship game. That's 86 teams out of 130 FBS programs. Yeah, we don't need to add bowls. How do you feel about that, Mike? What did you say? How do you feel about that? Uh, I think it's uh, more than enough already. I don't think think it's special anymore. Yeah, we need a bowl deflator. (laughs) 
get rid of some of these. But gets, gets I say that, Bill, and I watch most of them anyway. So, yeah, Well, what I'm worried about, Mike, is that's probably three more I'm going to bet on. <laughs> probably is. <laughs> <laughs> I took the overs. What could happen? <laughs> oh, it's Myrtle Beach. The wind is a factor. I didn't take into consideration. Where are they playing? Is it raining? <laughs> I just hope the losers get hugged. We're playing in Rehoboth this year. <laughs> More with Billy Gardell right. when we come back. It's a DVE morning show. Randy Bauman along with Bill Crawford, Mike Pursuta, Billy Gardell, live from Los Angeles, California. Okay. Yeah, okay. okay. It's fine. It's fine. Come on! It's fine. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, the number one predictor of divorce, according to seven experts. Marriage. Uh, <laughs> I tell you, all right? Okay. You should have seen me last week. You want me to do something less heavy? No, no. No, I'm, that's good. I'm no, intrigued. Good. Let's get into it. There's a number of them here. These, okay. these are the key factors. Okay. First ones, failing to take accountability for one's own flaws. They say marriage that's is big. easy when the sex is hot and the money is rolling in and the kids are getting straight A's. But when the going gets rough, that's when people leave the retreat to their own corners, declare war, collapse into tears, or abandon ship. <laughs> it's easy to look at our partners versus looking at ourselves is the problem. The key to all successful relationships is accountability. And that means having the courage to look within yourself, examine and own up to your own part of the equation. Yeah, I know one of us does that. Yep. That's usually uh, <laughs> that's usually almost like exclusively the male that has that yeah. beef. Now, would that yeah. be if you thought something along the lines of, why did I marry this raving lunatic? Is that taking accountability? Trying What's get- wrong with me that I would like that? <laughs> trying to get I, I'm never I I can't get any help from any of my friends too Bill like when you're and Mike let me ask you or, or Val oh this is good let me can you get anybody to, to witness for you and your friends against your wife have you ever been able to do that no or are they afraid of uh-uh. no. no no trying to get one of my friends to back me is like Trying to get somebody on the stand against a mob. Yeah, boss. dude. No, nobody, you can't. Nobody is testifying. No, bring in your brother like they do in The Godfather, and all of a sudden he's sitting in the living room, and you're going, "Uh oh." I can't even get my relatives to do that. No, no, I can't get anybody. And my dad has openly stated that he likes my wife better than me. Openly. So I like her a lot better than you, Bill. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's another it's a one. Tough, tough run to try to get a character witness. Forsaking one's spouse for the children. Yet another reason not to be a helicopter parent. They're often too busy hovering by their overly smothered children to pay sufficient attention to their marriage. Child rearing is about teaching children to walk and eventually walk away, but these folks don't believe that and stroke their egos by never letting their kids go, says this clinical director. As a result, one or both of them forget about their partner. Instead of sneaking out to go bowling, get mm. tiramisu and dessert wine, make out of the driving or whatever horny couples do these days. Yeah. I used to get in trouble with this one a lot. And I used to, because basically my this used to piss Serena off to no end. She'd Why? be fixing the, you know, cutting strawberries and grapes. And then I'd stick out my hand and she'd go, get it yourself. And I'm like, hey, look, I'm not asking to be the first in line, but you're fanning them and feeding them grapes. I mean, I'm just, uh, I'm just getting in line. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I it's a problem. If, uh, I, I think, like I said, there's the, that period between 1 and about 12. You know, you're just a guy that kind of works at the house. You know? Yep. You just, it's, I think when you have a baby, your wife kind of looks at you and goes, okay, our business here is complete. <laughs> you take you. care of yourself. Back. I'm going to get back to you in about a decade. Can you take care of you? You can't. Yeah. Oh, you can't now. You're telling me you can't? And, and then they, then they, yeah, then they hit you with the, you're an adult. You are an adult. You can't Am make I? a sandwich. Am I? Because I can make an argument for that. <laughs> I go, look, I look in the fridge, all I see is ingredients. You see a meal. <laughs> the other predictor of divorce, inability to compromise. That is to say, to meet halfway, not ability to get the other person to fully compromise, the inability to meet them halfway and give is that up. Like, is that a link you could send, Patty? <laughs> Can't you come from you. You've got to hide the IP address. You cut and paste that and send that out to her. Anonymously, though. Yeah. One person should not always get their way in the relationship. It should be give and take, which sometimes means you meet in the middle. Every healthy relationship involves compromise. But if values or beliefs are too different and neither party is willing to compromise, that's no bueno. No bueno. No, it's a standoff. It's a stalemate. That at this point, me and Patty just come down and circle each other like two gunfighters in Westworld. <laughs> Nobody wants to pull the trigger, but every but both There's parties no, are willing. No talk until the first cup of coffee. It's just better for everyone. Yeah, you just you have to compromise. What I my big mantra right now is, let's put the guns down. How about we? Yeah. How about we both put the guns down? Yes. Yeah. Everybody, put the guns down. Calm down. Just back away from the weapon. Next Val, you, are you going to compromise? Val left. She, oh, what uh, she's got other stuff. Yeah, she, she didn't want to compromise. She <laughs> she had to, <laughs> she has like ten different things to do. She had to she had to bounce out of here. Okay, um, bye, Val. You might share offspring, a bed, taxes, and even the herpes simplex virus. They say, but you and your spouse don't need to share a brain. You have to accept your spouse's feelings are different from your own, and that's okay. Just because you think it feels something doesn't mean your spouse must think and feel the same thing. Right. Correct. And everybody fights when they don't feel the same thing because they're trying to make the other person feel that same thing. And they think that the other person is wrong for thinking that. And uh, instead of just settling on, oh, well, we think two different things about that. Right. I feel this way. So that's what the truth of the situation is. No, no, that's just how you feel. Should pick your spots with that. <laughs> Anyways, one. I'm going to be sleeping you on the couch. You did pick your spots on that one. Yeah. Some things you should back up the other person if you know they're really important to them. I agree with that, Mike. Feel. And I think I think as you go down the line after 15 years, uh, they do they do leave you hanging out in the wind sometimes. Like you'll say something that you really think you you're telling somebody you really this is how you believe it, and then you wait till you get to the end of it, and go, you don't think like that. <laughs> Just pull the rug out. <laughs> And lastly, having unrealistic expectations of your partner. How much can you realistically expect from one person? Couples divorce when they are disenchanted, disappointed to discover their partner won't complete them or fill holes in their soul and make their life better. Problem is, when people search for someone else, they're liable to ultimately find that their other love interests were similarly inadequate. In a good relationship, couples can complement one another but not complete the other. So it's an endless cycle of failed relationships based on erroneous 
unrealistic expectations. Yes. Yeah, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna make you all better, man. You have to find that in yourself. I, you know, it, and it's unfair to put that on someone. That'll make someone flee from you. Right, and I, it's not like that message isn't out there. But for some reason, I was watching this documentary on Norman Lear, and he said, um, he said it in a way that it just kind of stuck with me. He said, uh, you know. I've been in all these different marriages. I'm an old guy now. He's like, uh, it took me a long time to realize that I was in charge of my own happiness. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, that's pretty heavy. Yep. Instead of just always deferring it, like, you're in charge of this. You do it, right? Or that, that, that if that's the missing link, that if, it, you know, if you're not happy, it must be the other person's fault. Right. Well, it's much easier to put a blame than to face something, you know? There was a lot less it funny is. in this than I thought there was going to be, but uh, yeah. yeah, it was all uh, you know, still good stuff. Now poignant stuff from uh, from you married guys. <laughs> I work on me for you. You work on you for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am not right, and she is right. That uh, that seems that's to, usually how it is. That's that's usually, at the end of the day, you look at the scoreboard. That's usually what we're. All, we're all this is fine, but uh, uh, and she does not come over and hug me after she strikes. <laughs> me I feel like your dad could look at this though, Billy. Like uh, like look down this list and go, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, and then crumple it up and go, happy wife, happy life, the end. That's exactly what he would say. <laughs> He used to always say, Bill, you could be right or you could be married. Take your pick. (laughs) (laughs) Billy Gardell, always a pleasure to talk with you, brother. I love you guys. Love you back, Bill. Please. Tomorrow on the show, Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday will be here, Mark Madden, and a whole lot more. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. Hey, got him tight, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm -hmm.